I'll be fighting back to zombies. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, August 8th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 224. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm the patently unemployable former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, oops, I'm sorry, we're talking about northern, northern Pacific Northwest to be exact. I'm John C. Porak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Uh, you're up, you're in Seattle? Uh, I mean, Washington? In Port yeah. Angeles? Oh. Yeah, I'm up here in the middle of nowhere. Oh, nice. Well, in it's the morning. raspberry picking time. <laughs> they have the- huge raspberries this year. It's unbelievable how big they are. In the morning to you, sir. In the morning to you and to all the ships at sea. Uh, including ships under the sea like the USS Columbus, the fast attack submarine, which apparently has a few uh, no agenda fans on board. Oh, really? Yes. And if they listen to us in real time. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm quite sure they don't. <laughs> and uh, in the morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.com. Hope you're all nice and charged up the way your Gitmo government loves you. Batteries. So we have a couple of hot topics. Is this my cue? Am I supposed to hit it already? <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually wanted, I'd rather go to another hot topic first, which okay. is this canola story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do that right off the bat before we get to producers and stuff? It, it, it may be that important. Uh, well, I'm just annoyed. You, you get a, uh, I sent you the link to the yeah. NPR clip. Yeah, I, I got the link. I okay, got here's you. what bothers me. Here's what I, here's what the back of the background of the story is that the NPR ran a, an, an item, and I guess it's been floating around that the uh, uh, the hybrid uh, rapeseed that's floating around, uh, genetically engineered to uh, give a uh, to make it so it doesn't kill you. So you can make canola oil, which stands for Canadian oil of low acidity. Uh, and actually, let me just give you a little background here. The name, can, I'm going to read from a book called The Rape of Canola. The name canola was initially registered by the Western Canadian Oil Seed Crushers Association for reference to oil, meal, and protein extractions uh, with 5% or less uh, erucic acid, which is not good for your heart and was always the problem with rapeseed oil. Anyway, it goes on. The, the canola trademark, it was a trademark, was transferred to the Canola Council in 1980. And in 1986, the canola trademark was amended by the trademarks branch of Consumer and Corporate Affairs to indicate that canola must have less than 2% of this, of this uricic acid. Anyway, it goes on and on about these different, uh, you know, with the iterations of the word, which, of course, comes from, uh, it's an extract or a, a combination of the words Canada, oil, low acid. There is no such plant as the canola plant. Yeah, however, I did hear this NPR, our National Treasure report, and they're talking so, about it like it's like it's a, a seed. So now what they've done is somehow they've, I don't know if it's the Canadians, it's the public relations agencies of the canola board or the canola council or whoever, because I know that the soybean boys here, we, we, we make the soybean oil in the United States, the Canadians do the canola, and we're always competing with each other, and there's a lot of public relations crap that goes on in the background. And like if you say something bad about soybean oil, you hear from these jerk jerks. Anyway, so the thing is, is so... I think they've decided to try to push the word as the name of the plant itself, rapeseed plant, 
And the idiots at the NPR, the National Treasure, they go along with the program. They never once mention the, the roots of this word. Wait, they need their jingle played. Our National Treasure. Shall we listen to a piece of the report, John? Just to yes, irk please. you some more. Yeah, okay. We missed the commercial. I okay, cut that no out. I'm surprised by now that genetically modified crops are growing in farm fields all over the United States. By it- the interesting kickoff to that report. It's no surprise... Huh? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's like... It's, no it, surprise it, to who? Yeah, if it is to me. Not supposed to know that. may be surprising to learn that some of the genetically modified crops have escaped. Oh. They're starting to appear outside the borders of farm fields. Researchers have found genetically modified canola growing wild along the roads of North Dakota. NPR's Jeff Brumfield reports. This story begins in a parking lot in Cavalier, North Dakota. Cindy Sagers, an ecologist from the University of Arkansas, was visiting to study weeds. But there were none to be found. Since we couldn't find any weeds, we were sitting in the car enjoying a soda at the only grocery store in Cavalier County. We looked through the windshield and there were these beautiful yellow flowers blooming. Anyone who's been to the state would recognize this plant as canola. (laughs) That's pretty weird, isn't it? I find it to be uh, uh, abhorrent. Abhorrent, it is. Well, I can't use the word abhor- abhorrent because it's a, it's more disturbing that they would just all of a sudden decide for the public that this plant is going to be renamed uh, in as a tra- a trademark name. By the way, it's not like it wasn't registered. Oh, is this? Ha- does plant- it have a little R? The canola. It has. Well, a, they, apparently they, they don't do a very good job of enforcing it. Obviously, but it uh. it, it, it is trademarked. And, um, it, I mean, you can find it, but, but it's not, I mean, this is not, the, the plant is a rapeseed plant that's been, you know, hybrid now, apparently modified, and they decide to use the word canola to, to connote the plant. To me, it's just like, why? I mean, what, what kind of, this is, I, I, I can't, I'm be beside myself with the fact that <laughs> NPR would do this. We're early, but hey. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. I think it okay. counts. I think Fine. it counts. It's a canola plant now. Screw them. Yeah, all right, canola. Mm. All right, we don't need to hear the rest of the report, do we? Oh, God, no. No, no. Well, John, I, I, you know, you've been talking about this for uh, as long as I've known you, <laughs> and it irks you really bad too, which is kind of interesting. Well, now I'm completely like been screwed. <laughs> it's a communist plot, my friend. So well, let's go and give some. Let's give some credit. Yeah. Do we have any executive producers? We had a had a good uh, a good week, and I think a poor show. Uh, mainly because of technical detail uh, di- difficulties coming to you from the Netherlands Antilles. Allo Presidente was cutting us out every five seconds. By the way, there was a uh, somebody says their iPhone feed has dropped dead. So, in case you're wondering, uh, um, no, everything seems to be up and running here. Okay, so yeah, no, I, yeah, it was it was it was funny because it was break. You know, we first we started off with the call it was like one minute, boom, disconnected. One minute, then five minutes, and then ten, and then we went like an hour, an hour and a half almost. Yeah, it, I I don't know what happened. Then all of a sudden, just worked. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I did investigate the the internet situation on the island, and essentially, there's only two ways to get it. And I know if I go back, and I'd love to, but I can't. I can't work that way. I mean, it's just it's impossible. Uh, they also have WiMAX, apparently, on a part of the island. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I would have loved to have tried that. And I think, if, should I take up residence permanently there? <laughs> Which is a big <laughs> if. 
um, I would have to have a mux of multiple lines because even <laughs> as it was, the ADSL I had was 300 kilobit upstream, which is uh, quite poor. Yeah, to say bad. the least. Yeah, yeah it was pretty uh, pretty bad. Anyway, um, so we we appreciate everyone hanging in, and I do think we got some support, which is nice. Yeah, we got a few, and of course we have our. Uh, our uh, noagendafans.com uh, contribution of the week yes. uh, for, from Paul Couture, who is doing, obviously, pushing the... Uh, the, um, the the challenge coins. Yeah, he's pushing the challenge coins, but he's also get, trying to get his 12 nights. And so this, uh, w- this show, we've got Brian Watson, who will be knighted uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, that's from challenge coin uh, money. And uh, so he's an executive producer. Mm-hmm. And Benjamin Caudill, C-A-U-D-I-L-L, from Lantham, Maryland, uh, he's uh, gave us 333.33, so he'll be an executive producer, and he wants us to call out one, two, three, four guys as douchebags. Do we do that now? I guess Douchebag! 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 <laughs> Okay, there you go. That's for Richard Mark Robin Scott. (laughs) Yes. uh, So that's a that's a quad douchebag call out. (laughs) Wow, a first. (laughs) It is a first. A first. Damn. Somebody will top it eventually. Paul Couture, uh, associate executive producer. Uh, He took sent a piece to his. He wants to uh, uh, mention at bonked. B O N K E D for you Twitter users if you want to follow him. Now wait a minute, doesn't he uh, doesn't this complete his own knighthood? Didn't we already knight him? I have no idea. I I, I get confused. Well, I'm, I, if if not, then yeah, we did. That's of course we did. Yeah. Sir, so it's Sir Paul Couture, not just Paul. Yeah, Couture. it's Sir Paul yeah, Couture. Right. We have to put that. Yeah, yes. get that worked out. Uh, then we have Roman Mik- uh, Mikhailovich. Mikhailovich, yeah, from Saint Petersburg. Wow. 223.22. He's an associate executive producer. And what's curious is that I was looking down the list of people that we want to thank for, uh, you know, uh, $50 and more. And there's another St. Petersburg guy, that would be Vladimir Frunza. So I have to assume there's no way that we're going to get two donations from St. Petersburg, Russia. Huh. Uh, you know, on the same show. Uh, something, must, something must have happened. They're buddies. Or something happened. Something happened in Russia, and uh, we're on the radar. <laughs> well, that could be. Maybe these guys are both with the uh, with the, the guys who walk with one hand. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching. I'm lit. Well, let me give you the last guy. We also have Robert Alter of Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Missouri, two zero six forty, and finally Nathan Shelton from Zimmerman. If there is such a town, indeed, in Minnesota, uh, two hundred dollars, and he uh, wants to uh, plug his website. Which is incorrectly dash political dot blogspot dot com, hmm. and just to do him a favor, I'll say it again: incorrectly dash political dot blogspot dot com. Okay. So I'm you. watching Glenn Beck, and because I was like, I well, can, some, can we can we thank everyone? Or are you going straight into the next uh, topic? Oh here? no, this is still related to the. Okay, these, good, good, good. And this one, it's two St. Petersburg guys. Glenn Beck is talking about how uh, Putin is so, uh, he says you can spot a KGB guy when he's walking around because they only walk with one arm waving. <laughs> because they're holding on to their peace with the other? Yeah. Hmm. That's his theory. Gee, that Glenn Beck. 
I got to tell you. I, I cracked up when what I What a guy. That. What a guy. Well, we uh, very much appreciate the uh, support from our executive producers for episode 224 of No Agenda. Brian Watson, Benjamin Caudill, and our associate executive producers, Sir Paul Couture, Roman Mikhailovich, Roman Mikhailovich and Robert Alter, along with Nathan Shelton, associate executive producers, and uh, of course we'll uh, be uh, knighting Brian uh, Watson later today as he uh, is a no agenda knight of the Order of the Mint. Um, anything that get a thousand dollar donation gets you the, the knighthood right off the bat, and of course uh, if you come in with these higher numbers, which show a lot of love and support for us, uh, that's how you get the executive and uh, associate executive producer credits. They're real. And you can uh, you can put them on your resume, put them on your business card. We'll vouch for you. Um, unlike uh, Hollywood, where you get that credit and then it's like, thanks for the dough, shut up. Uh, you can actually call us. And uh, as I said, we'll, uh, we'll vouch for you and help you with some no agenda karma. All the rest of you out there, we need you to go out and propagate the formula because that's what you can do today. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You know, uh, unfortunately, uh, I missed him, but you know, we actually have listeners uh, in Bonaire. No. Yeah, I got an email. Uh, My name is Itishmira, originally from Aruba, but my boyfriend Robert Cruz, he's from Bonaire. You wouldn't believe it, but he listens to you and your conspiracy theories on No Agenda ever since the show started, along with the Daily Source Code, I think religiously. We even use your in the morning and shut up slave terms. <laughs> no one understands what we're talking about, but we do, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, you can always amuse yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, It's hilarious. It's hil- it is well, hilarious. It is. You know, you, you, you do. You wind up using that, and... Uh, and then the meme spreads, and you know, from time to time, you, you'll say you'll throw out an in the Shut morning, up, and, but you'll throw out an in the morning, and you get one back, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, the show is not like some rinky dink little hobby or something, you know. I'm living off this shit now. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So, uh, uh, okay, so we got a couple of interesting topics that are just kind of offbeat. I have to say, besides the uh, canola thing. Well, that's just from your side. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything solid. I just got crap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And talking about crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the ding. Hot pockets. <laughs> so, so. This is going to be the new one, right? This is, this is our new no agenda thing. I think it's good. Yeah. So I, if you, anyone wants to go to the blog, Dvorak.org slash blog, and uh, just to do a search for Eddie. And I've got a, a second video of Eddie, who's a... Uh, uh, sits in the media offices and uh and i uh have been interviewing him about various things he was uh, born in 1982 he's a millennial he's He's a millennial he's a millennial classic and he gave me the lecture on hot pockets and uh, i started looking into it and discovered that uh these things uh, are, I don't know if they're even safe to eat, <laughs> but <laughs> but they're based on, you know, we talked about this, and, and uh, it's like uh, they're based on a, there's a, there's a they're, 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 based, they're based on, uh, I think, cement. <laughs> on, a, on an English pa- pasty and a, um, that Russian uh, and Polish uh, dough thing, whatever that's called. I can't think of it right off. Borscht. <laughs> 
No, the dough, the little uh, piroshki. Piroshki, huh? Yeah, it's a piroshki. It's a it's like a piroshki, or it's like a pa- English pasty, which is a piece of do- a thick piece of gooey dough with meat inside. Uh, it's basically a, a disgusting. You know, I was in Cornwall and uh, was taken to. Uh, oh, you've got to try the best because pa- this is where most of these things are. Uh, you have to have the best pasty in, in the UK. Yeah, but that's but that includes like real meat. Yeah, but it's still a, a big pile of this this ninety percent dough, yeah. and it's gooey, and yeah, there's some meat in there. It's <laughs> it's crummy. I don't think a pasty. I don't. So no offense to the Brits who didn't give us any donations this week, but the uh, those things are terrible. They're 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 gross. I once had one of these um, on a Scandinavian Air flight, and it was like a mini hot pocket. I'm talking twenty twenty five years ago. And there was reindeer meat in there, and that was actually quite tasty. I liked it. It was really, it was like a nice snack. Well, reindeer meat's delicious. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry to interrupt your flow here, but do you know what uh, Continental served us uh, on our way to Haiti? You'll never no. guess. I'm it sure. was a turkey dog in a croissant. What? <laughs> I know. I'm like, who had this meeting? <laughs> it was a turkey dog wrapped in a croissant. It was like, okay, it was like, who came up with that? It was one of the most weird thing, and it was quite tasty. Well, I was hungry, you know, I was about to eat my neighbor, but it was, it was, it was literally, and it was baked, it was like, yeah, it was weird. A turkey dog in a croissant. It was kind of the Continental Airlines version of a... So the, uh, I like the ding part of that. Yeah, well, that means the microwave is done. Hot pockets. So anyway, so Eddie goes on about these things as though they're the greatest thing in the world, and that's all he eats. And so I found the, both the Hot Pocket rap song and posted that. And I'm sorry, uh, I, I, didn't, I went to Bonaire, not to Haiti, by the way. That was a slip. I'm already on to the next topic. I'm bored with the freaking Hot Pockets, but I said Haiti. I meant Bonaire. Yeah. And then uh, there's also a comedy act there about Hot Pockets. You can check it out on the blog because uh, Adam obviously is not going to play no, the No, it, uh, it went on too long. Song. No, I, it went on too long. The, and the rap song wasn't that good. No, e- Eddie, Eddie was better. Eddie was the best. And it was kind of frightening because I, my daughter is a big... They come from Pop-Tarts. I think that originally the Pop-Tarts started this. And uh, so they just... You know, the Pop-Tart, of course, has the uh, the so-called fruit filling. Ugh, and, and the, uh, you're making me sick just thinking about a you, Pop-Tart. You put them in the toaster... And uh, I've heard my daughter talk about Hot Pockets. You know, I, I got her off of them, but it was, you know, I had to intervene. We had, we had to have actual sit-down about the Hot Pockets thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it, people, it passes as food. It's unbelievable to me that it exists. Yeah, and it's not food, obviously. All right, onward to some to real topic. Yeah, real topic. Uh, we're on that. By, by the way, just to mention this, we're just showing you that we're in the culture, deep enough into yes. it that we know about hot pockets. <laughs> That's right. Hot pockets. <laughs> That's a ringtone. I downloaded it from their site, by the way. They 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 proudly portray that as the hot pockets ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. No, that's funny. Yeah. So Sean Penn uh, hits the airwaves. And I'm very, very happy he did because he uh, essentially backed up everything we've been saying on this program about uh, Wyclef Jean. Wyclef Jean. Wasn't he a Fuji? I think he was a Fuji. Maybe. Yeah. 
Uh, you don't even know what a Fuji. You know what a hot pocket is, but you don't know what a Fuji is. That's no, crazy. I know. Yeah. And uh, I, I know exactly. What it is. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bicycle. Ver- yeah, <laughs> right. A Fuji. Okay, a bicycle. Perfect. That's a Fuji Miata. Anyway, um, so we're, we we uh, both have been saying, you know, this is not a good idea. This Wyclef Jean, he's uh, he was out there with Bill Clinton, who of course has been raping Haiti for years. And uh, and now is uh, set to build uh, Bill Clinton Plaza, and uh, Sean Penn he comes out he says all the right things but he holds back man he holds back so amazingly saying allegedly and you know choosing his words so carefully I, I guess he doesn't want to be labeled a crackpot of course he is being labeled a crackpot now uh, but I'd like to play his bit from uh, CNN he's on with Wolf Blitzer of the Situation Room. And he tells you exactly why Wyclef Jean is not a good idea to be uh, the president of Haiti. And, uh, of course, Sean is right, although I don't think he, his message kind of falls apart uh, at the end there. Here we go. It's uh, on Larry King with uh, Wolf Blitzer. Sorry. The last thing in the world Haiti needs, and I'm not accusing Wyclef Jean of being an opportunist. I don't know the man. <laughs> Thank you. That's a way to start, by the way. This is great. Just say right off the bat, I'm not accusing you of being a douchebag, but because uh, I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know the man. Great. But I think it's extremely important that we pay great attention to both the individuals in the United States who are enamored with him, maybe not for his uh, political strengths, and in particular for corporate interests that are enamored, enamored with him, and those that may themselves be opportunists on the back of the Haitian people. Right now, I worry that this is a campaign that... Um, is more about a vision of flying around the world, talking to people, as he said. It's certainly not one of the the youth drafting him. Um, I, I, I would be much. Now, I didn't even know that, uh, that 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 was the ticket he was running on, but I guess he is. I guess Wyclef Jean is running on the uh, the youth want me because I'm hip because I used to be a fugee, um, which is of course disturbing. And but here's the me- that's the message right there. Penn is right. Right off the bat. I would be quite sure that this was an uh, influence of corporations here in the United States and private individuals that uh, may well have capitalized on his will to, to, to see himself flying around the world doing that. What the Haitian people need now is a, is a leader who's genuinely willing to sacrifice. And one of the reasons I don't know very much about Wycliffe Jean is I haven't seen or heard anything of him in these last six months that I've been in Haiti. I think he's an important voice. I hope he doesn't sacrifice that voice by taking the eye off the very devastating realities on the ground and the very difficult strategic uh, future that it's got in putting itself back together. You raised some serious questions about the motives behind uh, uh, Wycliffe Jean's uh, decision to run for president of Haiti. And I want you to be more specific if you can, Sean, uh, this notion that there are some corporate interests here in the United States who may be pushing him to do. (laughs) I love Wolf Blitzer. What, there's gambling going on over there? That's <laughs> unbelievable. It could be corporate interests? No, no, that's not possible. Sean, do tell us more. Do this. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Well, the, the people that I've spoken to related to his campaign and those on the ground in Haiti uh, claim, claim these things. And, and so, really, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this forward oh, to... See, the, this is where he falls blah, apart. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is where he falls apart. Are you, I'm sorry, did you say you were bored? 
No, I oh. said he's just b- babbling now. Yeah, this is this is what. So, now he just he loses his shit, which is really unfortunate because the, he, he has factoids coming in that are pretty good. The, to a very important oversight committee, and that's the media. Um, you know, <laughs> this is, that so what he's he's appealing to the media. He's saying the oversight committee, which is the media, has to now pull this guy apart, Sean. Oh, Sean, yeah. Sean, get please. real. Oh. I watched Rick Sanchez uh, prior to this program uh, uh, talking about himself and his his, his frolic <laughs> with baseball as a child for a long time. That's funny, though. I like the it gets a slam in for Sanchez. It's right. Rick's list. But yeah, instead, but he just says it wrong. He said, you know, Rick Sanchez is jerking off for half an hour. That's what he should have said. But, he, of course, that's, he, can't, he thinks he can't do that. And in the meantime, on my Blackberry, a woman of 24 years old is dying because she didn't have attention to a tooth for the last six months in Haiti. I see in Wycliffe's gone somebody. Blackberry? Yeah, I guess because he got the information on his Blackberry that a woman who's had a tooth problem is now, her skull is rotting away who could well have been influenced by, by the promise of support from companies. I think that, that Haiti is clearly... Now here's what's interesting, John. Now you see, now there's a so split screen. Wyclef Jean is coming out of a Gulfstream 4, and he's walking there with his wife and, I guess, their child. And he, but he, now he's, like, completely corporate. He's got a suit on. He's got a Brooks Brothers. He's got uh, the striped tie, the whole thing. And he's coming down uh, in Port-au-Prince Airport there, and uh, Sean's talking over the video. Uh, uh, he's uh, waving. Vulnerable to, in particular, the manufacturing concerns that it so desperately needs and the job that, jobs that it so desperately needs, but with a history of American interests coming in and underpaying people. This is I, swear, I swear to God, Wyclef Jean looks like a politician. He's like, he d- doesn't have you know, any of the funky clothes on. His hair is completely, you know, close-cut shaven. And uh, he's got the white collar on, and there's uh, military people out there greeting him at the airport, and he's walking across the tarmac like he's a politician, which is just, it's, it's disturbing to see. It's one he to $2. Politician. Sorry? Well, I mean, now he is a politician. I know, but, it's, but I mean, if you, if you bumped into this, if you bumped into Wyclef Jean as Wyclef Jean, you'd be like, hey, Wyclef, you former Fuji. But now you'd be like, excuse me, sir. You'd be like, sorry, to mean to bump it. You wouldn't recognize the guy. It's, it's just an amazing uh, transformation. It's a day uh, that they were making, and, and, and we really can't, if we, if we, if we help in the, with them in fixing this house, uh, if it had a leak before the earthquake, it doesn't make much sense uh, to, fi- to build, rebuild it with the leak again. Uh. So what I'm encouraging is yeah. that we look very hard at all the donors because this is, this is somebody who's going to receive an enormous amount of his support if he continues this campaign from the United States. And I'm very, I have to say, I'm very suspicious of it simply because he, as an ambassador at large, has been virtually silent in, in term, for those of us in Haiti. He has been a non-presence. He said earlier he was helping to, to, to move bodies and so on in the first days that may well have been. Uh, and and, and, and every, everybody's help was very needed. But his voice has really been uh, most loudly that which allegedly had taken over $400,000 of money that was designated for Haitian relief for himself. He claims he didn't do it. I think that's going to have to be looked... See, he, he has all these little factoids, but he just blows it at the end. Instead of saying, the guy is a total douchebag, he stole money... He had his charity pay himself $100,000 to perform at the charity event, which is just unconscionable. By the way, that happens a lot more than you'd think it does, I'd like to point out. 
Uh, he just kind of loses his shit there. You know, Sean needs some help down there. He needs some help in communicating the message because they're just going to call him an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he is kind of an idiot. <sighs> anyway, the uh, the Gulfstream 4 Wyclef Jean is walking out of has registration November 254 Golf Alpha. It is uh, owned by the Gulfstream Aerospace Company. Ooh. Yeah, so it's not just a rental. Um, and it flies, uh, it flies to Europe a lot. It flies to, uh, Farnborough, which is the, kind of the private, uh, airfield for jets, uh, just south of London, southwest of London. Uh, it's, uh, it's there a lot. And, uh, it's a nice, nice little airplane, by the way. G- yeah. G4. And, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, Gulfstream should let us use their jet once in a while. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you're talking hey, about... boys. Yeah, really, give, send it over so we can go down to Bonaire. Go to Memphis for that meeting, the Nashville. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then you get, uh, uh, you know, so it's already, uh, this is from a fast company. And you read Fast Company's uh, uh, report of Wyclef Jean. And uh, and here it's like, yeah, you know, so so yeah, the guy's been accused of taking some money, and uh, yeah, he's uh, been suspected of misappropriating funds, and uh, and yeah, he's got a two and a half million dollar lien from the IR, two point one million dollar tax lien, and but you know, given his aggressive attempts to galvanize teenagers and Rastafarians alike since the Fugees forever ago decline. He may just be the perfect person to step in and give Haiti a little sparkle in its name, attract foreign investors, ensure long-term aid and recovery efforts. I'm like, my God, Fast Company is so on the program. Written by Janara Nerenberg. And I think we need to start calling these uh, journalists out. She, by the way, is pretty hot looking. Uh, She's a freelance writer and producer in Asia, regularly on CNN Go and a graduate of Harvard and UC Berkeley. Other stories she's written, climate change is for real, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the title is? Yes, y'all? yes. Climate change is for real, y'all. Posted Friday, August 6th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, why do you spell her last name? Uh, so it's Janara, J-E-N-A-R-A, Nuremberg, N-E-R-E-N-B-R-G, like Nuremberg without the U. And uh, she, she looks good. I'm sure she's looking good out there in the field. Uh, but that, for that to be one of her most recent articles, that good. climate change is for real, y'all. She looks like a typical. She doesn't look that good. What? She looks like Berkeley... Uh... Yeah, you know, Birkenstock good. Girl who never washes her hair. <laughs> I like that kind. <laughs> One laptop per child perseveres despite challenges and controversy. <sighs> we got to call these people out as douchebags. Hold on, here she is. You are a douchebag. Get out of here. Saying it's good to have Wyclef Jean. Well, the guy's clearly going to win. And then we'll see. Then we'll see how good it will be. And meanwhile, you know, Sean Patton, oh, yeah. what a hero. No, Haiti's always been screwed up. Why, why is anything going to make a difference? No, I understand that. But it's, you know, it's, this is, we, we just, I just can't let some of these things go, you know? It's like, it's just, it's so in our face and it just happened. And this was all we, all we were talking about. And we all text our money and 
We didn't text our money. No, I didn't. Your debt was always your money down the drain. Anyone who did it, yeah, well, or it right was... to Clinton's pockets. It's yeah. ridiculous. They did, by the way. They they have um, uh, they have actually started the foundation, the Haiti Now Foundation, which is the way uh, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush uh, were doing it. Is they were taking the money into their charities first because they wanted to get you know the money in quickly, get it rolling quickly. You know, we got to we got to get that rolling quickly, and then they were going to uh, give that money to uh, the foundation when the five o was it five o one c whatever it is. When the actual C3, yeah, the five hundred three C. Whenever that uh, the charity had been started, so it has been started. Any new money apparently goes into that. But I'm still waiting for the two thousand nine um, uh, William Jefferson Clinton Clinton uh, IRS filing. He has released his own annual report, which talks about how great he is. But he hasn't actually released, or I think, as far as I can tell, filed the information yet. Which, of course, should show a couple hundred million dollars going to that foundation. Yes. Well, right. We'll see. And we, I just want to see the numbers, you know? Just show me the numbers. And he just still hasn't released it. No data yet. Uh, we'll stay on top of it for you. Anyway, so that's my uh, my little thing on Haiti. And uh, I, uh, I hope uh, the good Lord takes care of Sean down there. So on to another topic. You got your wish this week. Really? Yeah, you play the clip. Adam gets his wish. <coughs> finally, <laughs> you got your wish. Yeah, I have so many important wishes. Could this be the one I've been waiting for? <laughs> All right, I, I saw the clip come in. I purposely did not listen. Of course. Actress Mia Farrow will be the next celebrity to testify in a war crimes trial. According to the U.N., she is scheduled to be on the stand Monday in the trial of former Liberian President Charles Taylor. Now, supermodel Naomi Campbell here testified this week about uncut diamonds that she received while in Africa. Taylor is accused of using the gems to finance a bloody civil war in neighboring Sierra Leone. I love it. I, that was exactly what I asked for. <laughs> it was your wish. <laughs> are they just sitting around saying hey let's blow it let's blow this guy away let's uh let's call me a pharaoh <laughs> i don't know what she's gonna do it's all secondhand information but we know we, we know she's gonna lie she's gonna say, i i didn't see them and we know that's just gonna be a lie because any woman who says hey i got this awesome freaking rock yeah it was a little dirty but i spit on it and look how good it looks you know every any woman says show it to me you, exactly. It's ridiculous. I mean, any guy would. What if somebody said that to you? You'd want to see it. <laughs> yeah, of course. So she apparently, uh, there is a little clip here of Naomi Campbell giving the testimony. I couldn't find the whole testimony. And they only played, they, this was CNN. They don't even play the good part, but this kind of interesting. Uh, do you, you, can do you know it. that, because this, this took place in The Hague, right? At the, uh, at yeah. the international yeah. court. And the Dutch press was ordered uh, to stay away. No one was able to ask any questions, do anything. Shut up, go away. You can't shut talk up, to slave. Her. Yeah, yeah, shut up, slave. There's no hey, be quiet. Who do you think you are? The press or something? Yeah. When I was sleeping, I had a knock at my door, and I opened my door, and two men uh, were there and gave me a pouch and said a gift for you. Do you know what time that was? That then no, I don't know. I just, I was sleeping, so I was woken up from my sleep. And these two men, did you know who they were? No, I'm afraid not. Now, Campbell says that... Wait a minute. So there's a knock at her door in the middle of the night. Two guys come in and say... Hot Pockets! I got something for you. 
And she's not screaming her head off in bloody murder? I mean, if, 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 if two guys came into my room, I'd be freaked out. Yeah, they probably weren't. They were probably like bodyguard types. Oh, wait, Mickey, Mickey says maybe not. Mickey would be like, oh, big black guys? I don't know. It might, it might be okay. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I feel so secure so, in my manhood now. So she, now the, the, the report continues, and it says that she, uh, she just she, she threw him away. Hold on, hold on. Let me hear the rest. Right now. now, Campbell says that she did not keep the stones and wasn't sure if the gift was from Taylor himself. Taylor has pleaded not guilty to war crimes charges, including rape and murder. People have given me a seashell and I've kept it. <laughs> what do you mean she threw them away? It's horse crap. <laughs> this woman. I'm She's terrible. You. She's a terrible person. Yes. Well, yes. In general, I would say she is. She throws cell phones at people all the time. It's frightening. We have uh, one of our producers uh, received an interesting voicemail message, John, which I'd like to share with you. Mm-hmm. You might be interested in this. Hello, I am calling on behalf of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention regarding a nationwide study about childhood immunizations. We spoke previously about this important study. You or someone in your household asked us to call you at this time. I'm sorry that we've missed you. We'll try to contact you again soon. But please feel free to return our call anytime at one eight six six nine 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 three three four zero. Also, if you have any questions, that number again is one eight six six nine 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 three three four zero. So that is the uh, CDC calling, doing a nationwide survey, the Centers for Disease Control, and this is uh, producer Mike, and he says his wife called them back. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a recording of that, but I'm sure one of now that we have the number out there, one of our other producers may call them. Uh, they, uh, the CDC wanted to know uh, about uh, his daughter's uh, immunization records, specifically if they got the flu shot, uh, and if it was a flu shot with H1N1. Uh, only wanted to know about kids under three years of age, and of course also wanted to know about their income, if they had uh, child assistance from the government or insurance, and if uh, they had breastfed. They also wanted to know when their child was given solids for the first time, about 20 minutes of questions. Wow. Yeah. It's a little intrusive. What are they up to? You think? Ah, well, I don't know. They're... Well, they want to see what you know. They want to see what happened to. The, they want to understand what why their propaganda why uh, it didn't work. <laughs> this didn't is market work. research, exactly. They yeah. want to figure out what, what's going on. What went wrong? It, it worked for some people, obviously, because I have photos <laughs> of long lines of people standing in line for H one N one in Albany. Yeah, and uh, but it didn't generally work, and there was no pandemic, which was you know. At all, the whole thing was a scam from that creepy woman that runs the, the World Health Organization. Yeah, yeah, she's quite creepy. So, anyway. um, yeah, what uh, what other new good news do we have? Well, uh, I think I finally have some of the uh, actual proof that I was looking for. Some of the data. Now, of course, even uh, while I was in uh, Bonaire. Uh, the news reached me that uh, our president had, it, as if uh, President Obama had personally donned a wetsuit and gone down there and tapped on that well, because the president has closed the well. That's literally how the reporting came through. But ah, we're all safe. <laughs> Humanity is saved. Yay for Obama. Um, remember those? Now, we've been talking a lot about the, um, about the, the cameras that have been used in this uh, video that is just being repurposed uh, almost no que- in, f- in fact as far as i know no questions asked whatsoever 
about the validity of these under of this underwater footage. We've seen uh, doors open in the background. Questionable, I admit, but uh, hey, BP has opened themselves well, up to scrutiny. What bothers me more than that, actually, is the uh, fact that it, over time, when you see these videos, it always looks like a different pipe. Well, here we go. So I saw one laying down and the oil coming out. I saw a green one sticking up with a bunch of valves on it. And then I saw another one just, just, like, just coming out of the... I mean, I, I, I saw the, it just a different picture every time. I mean, what's the deal? Okay, so here's the deal. BP filed for two deep well drilling sites. We call them well A and well B. Both have been uh, identified by... And now I finally know what they are, by the so-called... Uh, Lamber XY coordinates, and these are a, a different, this is not quite like GPS coordinates, but they're called Lamber XY coordinates. Well, A has the Lamber coordinates uh, 12028038 as the X coordinate and Y coordinate 10431617.00. Well, B has the uh, coordinates 12025.81.28 and 10431685.95. And from the testimony, actually it's the same guy who testified about the blue screen of death. This guy is, uh, he will not live long, I predict. He's talking way too much. Um, he said, you know, we had well A, which is the one they started drilling first. And, uh, and the BP guys were saying, drill faster, drill faster. We got to get down there. And they drilled so fast that cracks started to appear on the side of, uh, of the well. And the, the, the drill bit jammed. And it jammed so badly they had to stop that. They sent tools down. They tried, you know, tried all this different stuff. It didn't work. So they said, screw it. We're going to go to well B. Well, B is, of course, the one that exploded, uh, that had the transocean, uh, I don't know if the well exploded, but we had the explosion above well B. So then we have all this stuff, all this stuff leaking, we got, you know, we're seeing all this video, we're seeing this gusher under C, and it all has well B, Lambert XY coordinates. Then, John, you'll recall, as they're about to clean this thing up, we had a convenient little storm, remember that? Everyone had to scurry out of the Gulf? Yeah. Okay. They oh, here come, we go. Oh, yeah. It's a little early in the show. I'm sorry. It's not really that early. Then they come back, and uh, they close it. And we're seeing video of the well capped and closed and nothing leaking. And it is the well A coordinates. They're showing the well A coordinates on the video. It says it right there in the top. It's not the well B. They're showing us well A, the one that didn't. You that sound never like even... John Stewart. <laughs> this is well A. What can I tell you? <laughs> but this is an outrage. It is an absolute outrage. I have. Is all... that what this guy said? Did he testify to this? No, he didn't testify. He testified about well A not working. They went to well B. But I but I have the timeline now, and th- this is what's great about this BP video. And there's actually a YouTube video that has all of this strung back to back, which is great. And including this guy's testimony, and uh, you, you see the video, you see the date the video is being shown. Clearly, at, you know after uh, after everyone had you know after the well has been capped, and they're showing you video of well A's X Y coordinates, the Lambert X Y coordinates, not well B. So this thing may, may still be gushing for all we know. Or it may have never been gushing. Also very possible. Let's not forget that all the smaller uh, the oil companies, since there was, a, you know, there was a three-month moratorium on drilling, they all had to pack up and go home. And who's left is BP. 
sitting on top of the gusher that, according to President Clinton, can't wait to find its way into your car. It's a total scam. A total scam. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a t- <laughs> Tell that to the people in Louisiana who are getting this goo on their, on their ducks. Well, yeah. The EPA, meanwhile, is saying, hey, you can go back in the water. Go swim. You have some shrimp. I, you know, I got the biggest kick out of the fact that Lisa Jackson, another creep, yeah. uh, she was so easy to just pass this off. It's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, they've tested she's it. She's so such a stickler about all this cap and trade, and you know, we got we got to we got to you have to have a permit to work on your own home and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which but is not. Go, but go swim in the Gulf. It's good. It's good for you. So go ahead, have a swim. It's pretty peculiar. Have a swim. Have a little swim. And, and yeah, we could have some shrimp. Mm. And of course, they rousted all the reporters. So, everyone that was, you know, working on the beach, remember when they had the, uh, there's like a discrepant reports about the beach. Oh, you can't wear masks. You can't mm-hmm. do this, or you're going to get poisoned, or this stinks. And then reporters were rousted by the Coast Guard. What's the Coast Guard doing telling reporters to get lost? And there's all this. So, nobody really got any reporting done, and they never made enough of a fuss. No, of course not. No, they're good little slaves. Okay, okay, I'll go back to the hotel. Exactly, and so they all went back. You know, they did. They did no work really, and so we don't even know what's going. You know, they could have been planting the oil there for all we know. It could have been no oil coming in. You don't know. Well, I think this is quite damning evidence, and it's very easy to see because it's right there in front of you. And of course, the the bigger the lie, the easier it is for people to believe. They are showing you video of the well a lamber xy coordinates and if you see something with the b coordinates let me know because I'd, I'd love to prove my own theory wrong here but it seems like they are just showing you video from the well that would that never even had oil coming out of it out of in the first place so who knows who knows in fact james cameron mr greeny why don't you go down there and prove it to us go prove you got all the gear you got that you're doing titanic too You've got your stuff ready. Yeah. Why don't you go you down there and, and, and show the people? Prove it. Prove it. How come the, our national treasure doesn't pay for some investigative reporting there? They're too busy renaming uh, Rapeseed to Canola. <laughs> That's <laughs> a full-time job. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Dr. Joe, uh, just uh, to get off the oil cabal, but just one last little note here. Hey, guys, I was listening to your discussion on natural gas and drinking water after fracking. My in-laws have a cabin along the Susquehanna River in Laceyville, Pennsylvania. They are in the middle of the Marcellus Shale site, which uh, is now in the, in the news as well with some con- controversy about uh, um, the, dr- the, the shale oil continuing or not. Anyway, for years, a favorite parlor trick upriver was taking a bottle of fresh tap water from the well, shaking it, and lighting it on fire. <laughs> Where they are uh, with a relatively shallow well, you get a poof. However, a few miles away, a worker was killed when he lit a cigarette while working a pump house and ignited the gas in the room. All this was before fracking was invented. While fracking releases more gas, some people have gas dissolved in water naturally with no harm. If you'd like a sample to try, I'd be glad to send it to you. Not sure if it would still light after the trip cross country, but if you'd like to try, send me your address. John, I want some. Hey, you know, it might be a uh, if you bought. I think if you t- took the water that with the gas in it, and and if you get a 
or you have one of these things that puts bottle caps on a bottle, put in a bottle like a Coke bottle, yeah. and then cap it with a bottle cap, I think that, that we could probably do the ex- lighting experiment. I, 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 I think I think we've got a new type of water. You know, you have like smart water and Gas vitamin water. water. <laughs> it's like water that is like real, fi- puts fire in your ass water. <laughs> and you can drink it, but it burns too. It's a hand, It's handy. It's a dessert topping and a floor wax. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, I want some. We'll send you our address. I would definitely like to try lighting some water. This is great. Most excellent. So anyway, that's what the uh, the oil cabal is doing for you. And I'm sure the video, which has all this evidence, seemingly great evidence, uh, and the, the, it has all the, the filed reports of these well coordinates, and I didn't know what Lambert XY coordinates were, uh, but I'm sure that will show up on noagendatv.com as well as in the show notes at noagenda.com. Noagendashow.com. So, um, yeah, there you go. And uh, you can uh, amaze your friends and family with this very simple evidence. You, you too, can use the Anderson Cooper Home Reporter Kit. <laughs> Anderson Vanderbilt. He's looking more like a, he stopped his, uh, Mickey noticed this, he stopped his, uh, his kind of athletic buff dude thing, and now he's more like a model. He's kind of more like the GQ guy now. Oh, so he's, just, so he's thinning down a little bit because he was... He was he was way too buff. Yeah, he was way yeah, he's out getting there. too pumped. Yeah, he was out there. All right. Well, I guess that's it for today's show. No, I, I, I think uh, I think we've delivered some value right there. Some real value. It's just yeah, nuts. just to show that the public's being bamboozled by the by the media and the corporations. It's ridiculous. The uh, I mean, it's gotten completely out of control. Now we're even getting like I have a couple of clips here. There's one I want to play. Oh, I'm sorry. B- before I for, before I jump off of that, uh, sure. Steck emailed me something here. Uh, he's emailed me the flight history for November two five four Gulf Alpha. Notice all of the trips to Westchester County. You know who's up in Westchester County, don't you? Who Clinton? Yeah, yeah. It's like a million. He's, he's got. He emailed the whole thing. It's like a million trips to Westchester County. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's probably Are we surprised by this. No, no, no. It's meeting up with Clinton constantly in, in somebody else's G four. Yeah, yeah. Well, in uh, in Gulf Streams, uh, in in this the corporate jet. So, but you, so you know what this also means? It means there's going to be a, a corporate jet port. Oh, totally. In the northern part of the island where all those hotels are. Absolutely. It's beautiful. You know, if we can get more people to fly into Haiti at the corporate jet port, that's where we can sell more jets. <laughs> <coughs> hey, guys, we wouldn't mind a couple of rides. You know, we don't mind a ride on a jet. No. It's never hurt. It doesn't hurt. Gulfstream owes us a ride on a jet. We just gave him a bunch of publicity. It was a real pain in the ass. sharp operator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now the news media doesn't bother telling us anything, it seems to me. So you know that guy who, uh, the, the black guy who shot up all the people at a beer distributorship? Yeah, because, of, of course, he was drunk, right? Well, he, on beer. Uh-huh. He was, uh, he accused them of racism and the rest of it. But the thing is, there's a story about him apparently giving away beer on his ride and then the arrest of some woman to whom he gave beer to and the whole thing is so vague. And why did they arrest this woman? The whole thing is confusing to me. And the news, these guys, these reporters, this is either CNN or Fox, 
I think it may have been CNN. It, it just there's no there's no anything. To, it's unbelievable to me. Nobody asks a simple question like why was this woman arrested? I don't know. A play beer truck guy. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, we had a clip. That's nice. Okay, beer truck guy. Connecticut police arrested a woman they said accepted stolen beer from a man who killed eight people this week. Christy Quayle was charged and released on bond yesterday. Here she is. There's video allegedly showing her, though, accepting beer from a truck driven by Omar Thornton. Police say that Thornton went on a shooting rampage on Tuesday. His employer, Hartford Distributor, said that it asked him to resign when it caught him stealing and selling alcohol. Thornton's girlfriend claims that he was being racially harassed at work. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So they, Why did this woman get arrested? Guy drives up a beer truck to you and says, hey, buddy, you want some beer? And you say, yeah, sure. Well, that's fencing. That's fencing, man. You can't be taking stolen stuff. You don't know it's stolen. Mm. The guy might be a beer a, a, a maniac. He may be the, the duff guy from The Simpsons. You know, he's giving away beer. I mean, what, you know, if, and what is it? It's a, it's a, it's a beer. So what's a dollar, fifty cents, twenty five cents for a can? Mm. You know, I mean, if this is stolen. We're going to get all worked up. We're going to waste police time arresting somebody for taking fifty cents worth of beer. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, that, there's of course very little information about that incident, and uh, so this this clouds it even more as to why a guy goes nuclear or what we used to call postal and uh, and goes and shoots everybody. And it's very easy to say, oh, you know, racial, whatever. It's it's. It's just coincidental. I uh, I got a link um, to call. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a list basically of 101 witnesses who witnessed the Columbine shooting. And of course, eight years ago we didn't have the show. Uh, eight years ago, uh, the whole the, yeah. I think that we still believed the news eight years ago. I don't know. You may not, not have. Me. Not you. Uh, but when you read. Uh, these a hundred, more than a hundred witness accounts that there were other people there, and it wasn't just these two these two kids, Eric Harris and Dylan, was it Kybold or Claybold, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. But they, but there's reports of like th- three or four people. It's, you know, and it's like if if only we had had the show back then, we could have brought that into question. It's like there's no question. Just no question at all. I still haven't heard one thing about that crazy Fort Hood shooting. No, no. Not one person has come forward to say what they saw. No. And then if you remember when they originally reported it, they credited some guy or no, some woman was was stopping the guy by wounding him. Right. And it turns out she had nothing to do with it. Some other guy had had shot the guy to right. knock him down. And he was in the hospital and wasn't getting any credit whatsoever. No. The whole thing was scammed out. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. More important things. Lilo. Lilo locked up, released after nine days. Oh. That's what's important. You know, John, could, would you mind just calling me back? Oh, you know, did I go dead? No, but you're warbling a lot. Oh, okay. I'll be right there. All right. Call me back. Might as well get a perfect connection while we're doing it, right? There we go. Hello. Yeah. Okay. It could be... Uh, the the Port Angeles thing. Who knows? That could be. Or Eric's downloading porn. <sighs> Again. Uh, so um, just staying on the demon drink of alcohol, of course, there's still the uh, neo-prohibitionist movement, as John has coined it. Uh, a bill pending in the House, which uh, I did not know about. 
uh, is uh, getting set to ban the interstate sale of alcohol, John. Uh, yeah, this has been going on for a long time. This is all part of the uh, – everybody knows about this. In well, fact, I didn't know one, about it. Uh, this, been, this goes on every year they try to do this because this is to keep uh, – uh, a liquor store in California from shipping uh, a bottle of wine, usually because it's wine that gets transported back and forth mostly, right, right. to uh, somebody in New York, upper New York State, where they can't get a decent bottle of wine for a decent price right. because you can actually buy a bottle of Bordeaux in San Francisco, ship it to New York, and it's still about half the price you'd be paying for in, uh, in there. Uh, in their area, and this is part of the old uh, Southern Wines and Spirits is behind a lot of this, and they're a big distributor, and and then some some other operations that they want to have they want to have a uh, a death grip on the local distribution of the products. Okay, so this is not new, although it is cropping up again. I guess it crops up every year. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, then uh, one of our producers sent us a. Uh, I gotta turn my head to the left here because he took it in the wrong. Took it in landscape mode. Uh, this is the Fred Meyer. It's a memo from Fred Meyer corporate office, uh, June eighteenth, two thousand ten. Dear valued customer, effective Thursday, June seventeenth. All Millennium products, including kombucha tea, uh, are being pulled from sale until the alcohol content can be de- determined. This is not a product recall. We will resume selling product once the suppliers uh, provide the necessary documentation to verify alcohol content. So this is the stuff that Lindsay Lohan said she was drinking when uh, when her scram bracelet went off. She was drinking the tea that has apparently enough alcohol in it to set off the bracelet. So they oh, that's uh, possible. So they've taken it off shelves. Yeah. Well, just saying, it's not unrelated. Pops up. There it is. Boom. Don't drink it. I just got a note from Eric saying that the Fort Hood guy is still receiving his army paycheck. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Hey, where's my pay? Do you want to talk about this uh, HP case? This is the, uh, the CEO and chairman, Heard. Who, yeah. uh, who I might say took, took this company. Hey, this guy, I, did bump. I was going to do a local radio show on uh, Friday and about talking about some, some, something I wrote about Market Watch, and then I got bumped because of this story. Really? What was your story? I can't remember. <laughs> That's why you got bumped. It was forgettable. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, so uh, now this is the guy who, well, there's a couple things I think that went on here, but he, uh, he took the company you know, he, what, like quadrupled the revenues? I mean, this, this, this guy awesomed the whole company. And he gets uh, essentially fired, but I guess he resigned. He resigned in a disgrace. Yeah, but, but, you know, it's like because of he because of a couple contracts that, you know, that like for like 20 grand or something, or, or was he actually harassing this woman or... Or what is oh, it? Apparently, he would. Uh, the reason that I think the official reason, of course, this story again isn't. Well, well the, the, there's a. No, I got it somewhere. There's a. Market Watch has a good article on it. I well, think. here's here's the uh, the the internal memo. This I guess this just came out. Um, by the way, did you know that Mark Andreessen is on the board of HP? Yeah, isn't that funny? Oh my god, I, mean, I like Mark Andreessen, but geez, this guy's on the board. 
here it is. Mark's resignation followed an internal investigation into a claim of sexual harassment asserted against Mark and HP by a woman who was a former contractor to HP. The investigation was conducted by outside counsel in conjunction with HP's general counsel's office and was overseen by the board. Based on the investigation, it was determined that the former contractor's claim of sexual harassment was not supported by the facts. Okay, then what's the problem? Well, the problem it boils down to... He bought Palm. That's the problem. He bought Palm. He what? Oh, he bought Palm. (laughs) He bought Palm. He had to be fired for that. Why didn't they just fire him? You made a shitty decision. Instead, they, they drum up this thing? No, supposedly this was for expense account irregularities. He had been, I guess, dating this woman or doing something, and then putting it on his expense account as a as some bogus on some bogus line item. That's my understanding. Yeah, but for a guy who was so successful, you know, yeah, there, know. there had to be sense. something else going on that they wanted to well, get rid never, of. We're, we're, I'm going to have to go down to the valley and roam <laughs> and around and start knocking on doors. <laughs> do some gossiping and find out what the heck, what the heck it is. Start knocking on some doors. More from the Ministry of Truth. This kind of blew me away. And of course, there's no C-SPAN in Bonaire. Uh, but I was able to uh, get the Defense Department uh, press briefing. And listen to how this starts out. Which just made no sense to me. Um, but I thought Hi we guys. should bring it up Good and discuss afternoon. it. I have a brief uh, opening statement. This is Jeff Morrell. We'll get to questions. Uh, on Monday... Uh, pardon me, Tuesday, it was reported that WikiLeaks has asked the Department of Defense for help in reviewing approximately 15,000 classified documents that WikiLeaks obtained in an unauthorized and inappropriate manner before WikiLeaks releases those classified documents to the public. WikiLeaks has made no such request directly to the Department of Defense. These documents are the property of the U.S. government, and contain classified and sensitive information. I think that's kind of interesting. Why would Wiki, is, is WikiLeaks getting thrown under the bus now? I don't know yet. Yeah. Something's up. Something's weird. And there's a. I have the same kind of thing. I have a clip from the same guy mm-hmm. uh, demanding it. Yeah, this my clip is the Pentagon on Wiki, WikiLeaks. Yep. Uh, this was played on Fox, and then it was. And then there was a bunch of memes that were dumped. This is the weekend, by the way. The weekend Fox. Uh, News shows are uh, awesome. They're awesome because they're the biggest idiots ever on television. Exactly. They're, but they're hot chicks, and we they're like that. They all want to be, you know, they all want to be on O'Reilly. Or they all want to be mainstream, but they're on the weekends where nobody watches Fox on the weekends except us because we, ha- because so we have to. So you don't have to. Yes. Uh, so, and they're all, but they, they, they drop these bombs. And I thought that this one was particularly interesting because everybody in the room, this was a, first they played this clip where you can play the whole thing and then you can, you'll hear the guy from the Pentagon and talking, demanding the, the WikiLeaks takes down all their right. postings as if nobody has ever, you know, they, they don't get that it's already been copied downloaded a million by times. A billion nerds who right. have copies now. Yeah, that would include me. <laughs> What I'm announcing here is a request, a demand of WikiLeaks, uh, the organization, uh, to do the right thing and to not uh, further exacerbate the damage that has been done by them to date and return to us all the information that was illegally passed to them and to expunge it from their website and all their records. 
Pentagon spokesman Jeff Morrell there sending a message to the people who run WikiLeaks, the website responsible for publishing classified military documents about the U.S. effort in Afghanistan. Morrell also saying WikiLeaks is breaking the law by encouraging U.S. insiders to engage in espionage. Engage. Uh, he talked there in that sound by Jim about the damage done. Uh, the Pentagon obviously believes there's been tremendous damage done to the war effort. Is that reflected in the coverage? Um, <laughs> media are kind of confused about this issue because on the one hand they're, they're knee-jerk toward full disclosure on the other hand they kind of realize we're losing this war but what's interesting though is that the Pentagon may not like this leak but I don't think the Obama administration cares I don't see Eric Holder saying I'm going to throw these people in jail I think the Obama administration even now doesn't really care whether this stuff comes out or not well because it doesn't really tell us anything we didn't already know and by the way we were already losing the war so we've been losing the war for years so wow I- this is great we're losing the war we're losing the war we've been losing the war we're losing the war yeah the first guy says we're losing the war. She says we're losing the war twice. And this is the whole meme going on. We're losing the war. We're losing the war. We're losing the war on Fox. That's amazing. I like the use of the word expunge as well, by the way, which is a total uh, Microsoft Outlook word. Expunge. Actually, I think it's an IMAP word to expunge the mailbox. Isn't it? Expunge. expunge. Yeah, it's a great word, expunge. It's a, it's a good sounding word. It yeah. has comedic qualities. Hold on. What the, let's just look up expunge. Expunge. This is a good word. Uh, hmm. Here we go. Expunge. You can... Uh, uh, dictionary.com. Come on, dictionary.com. Oh, Webster's.com is better. Really? Expunge. To strike or blot out. To erase. Obliterate. Wipe out or destroy. Hmm. The word uh, dates from 1595. I like the word obliterate. But I think they need to <laughs> obliterate this information. I'd like expunge. It doesn't really affect that at all. And I think there's, but, but there's how, more that the media could be doing on this for sure. Um, you know, in particular, sure. calling um, some of the people that have come out and said there's blood on the hands of the WikiLeaks people for killing, you know, Af- people in Afghanistan, which is kind of ironic considering how many people we've killed in Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, it's just why doesn't anybody call them on this yeah. kind of and stuff? And how many people the Taliban has killed in well, Afghanistan, yeah, terrible, which also yeah, doesn't get reported. Can I stand up for leaks for one second? I, I mean, clearly you can have damaging leaks in a yeah. military situation. And, and these, Jim, may be causing some damage. But, you know, it's the military's job to keep their secrets. And most of us who work in the media will tell you honestly, we live off of leaks. Give me more leaks, Yeah, but please. Ellis, Ellis, look, if WikiLeaks <laughs> exists... <laughs> you live off of nothing, you shithead. <laughs> leaks. We live off... Give us more leaks. We live off of leaks. Oh. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So you can tell that uh, John and I have been very busy once again watching C-SPAN and Fox News on weekends so you don't have to. It is uh, part of our uh, public service and we need you to support us because we don't take commercials. Uh, we uh, never will run commercials or take any type of uh, commercial money. Uh, we're out here to show you that uh, it can be done and uh, we need your support to do just that. And we uh, take that in form of uh, donations. And I think we should thank a couple people who helped us out this week, John. Yeah, we actually had there's kind of a shortfall of people helping us out, except for the larger donation, most of which came from Paul Couture, of course. Um, but we did have um, uh, Mathal Phillips from Dearborn Heights, Michigan, who gave us uh, 6969 with no comment. I don't think you need much of a comment with that. Uh, Podcast for Peace, Sir Jeffrey. Gerlock of Alamo uh, threw in a 5150, which, of course, refers to uh, uh, insanity. He's been uh, 
podcast for peace has been helping us out for a long time it's good appreciate it yeah and uh yeah as a matter of fact vladimir frunza from saint petersburg russia again fifty dollars um which I find unusual that we have two people from St. Petersburg, Russia, nobody from the UK uh, giving us money. But we did. Uh, well, we also have a couple of knighthood layaways, Tristan Lennon and Mike Westerfield. They're still on board. And finally, Lyndon Gervin uh, of Landisville, Pennsylvania, for $50. And that uh, wraps up our, uh, our, our donors over $50 this week. So uh, just uh, cleaning up house here. Um, hey, guys, says Ara Derderian. I sent you a PayPal donation, don- donation for the last show. In the notes, I wrote a little request for a birthday shout-out for my wife and daughter. You mentioned my donation but didn't mention the shout-out. If you don't mind, could you please give them a shout-out on the next show? This is what I put in the... Uh section of the paypal notice and then the email ended which kind of sucks so era if you wouldn't mind uh, sending that back then uh, we can do that properly also a uh, birthday shout out to professor tom who is uh, one of the uh, writers and contributors to uh, the noagendareport.com website happy birthday from your buddies here in no agenda well we also have dame margaret george oh yes and uh Era Derderian's daughter Stephanie and wife Lena. Oh, so there it is. That's what I. Were you listening to me at all, or are you just ignoring me as usual? No, I was trying to find this email. Okay, so do uh, that properly then. So you got uh, Dame Margaret the, George, right? Who uh, I think turns twenty three, doesn't she? Twenty four. She's twenty four. Mm-hmm. And then uh, today's her birthday. By the way, it's also our wedding anniversary here here, here at the Northern facility. Oh. Well, it's great. You could give each other rings. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just gloss over that. Some night rings, By the way, perhaps. talking about glossing over, somebody did send us the clip. But we'll do it. I'll talk about it later. But let's get this, the Dame, Dame Margaret's thing out of the way for sure. Okay. Happy birthday, Dame Margaret. Well, uh, we can do it like this. I mean, she'll, she'll, do, you, do you have to do the jingle for her? Well, shoot, let's do the jingle for Dame Margaret. She deserves it. Okay, John, go. Dame Margaret George's birthday. She's 24 and uh, one of our knights. And she still reads the paper without her glasses. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we have to uh, draw our swords, John. You could just uh, grab yours as well. Okay, there you go. Um, Noagendafans.com. The No Agenda Coin Challenge uh, continues. Paul Couture... Uh, has started this uh, excellent project, and I, I, I think you might want to reach out to him. He may be able to assist you with the ring project. He seems to be doing pretty good with other physical objects. And what he's trying to uh, accomplish, and it looks like he's uh, well on his way, is to uh, deliver 12 nights to the No Agenda Roundtable in the order of the mint. And uh, he is uh, taking one each uh, show at, uh, I guess, at random, and uh, donating $1,000 on behalf of uh, per- a person who purchased these coins. Remember, these are only $33.33. They are very, very nifty. You can find out more information at noagendafans.com. You know, actually, I wanted to... I got a new one here. Hold on a second. Here's the... Uh, yes, there we go. 
as we draw our swords once again for the knighting of a new knight in the Order of the Mint. Brian Watson of Raleigh, North Carolina, please step forward. Brian, of course, ordered a single coin from NoAgendaFans.com. And like other members of the Order of the Mint, is having his knighthood purchased by NoAgendaFans.com. He will also be the recipient of one of only 12 black nickel-plated No Agenda Challenge coins. Only 144 coins remain. So, Brian Watson, we hereby pronounce thee, Sir Brian Watson, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please step up and uh, give, uh, give Dame Margaret a pat on the tush there. And uh, by the way, did we get daughter Stephanie and wife Lena from Aeroderidians a birthday and Larry in Waterbury, Connecticut? No, I don't have any birthdays. Our, our, okay, well, here's, here they are. Our administration is in shambles, my friend. All right, we've got uh, from Aeroderidian, Deridarian. Durian, sorry. <laughs> Daughter Stephanie and wife Lena. And also, happy birthday to Larry in Waterbury, Connecticut, from his friend Bill Saturno. Right. Happy birthday, everybody. It's your birthday, yeah. It truly sucks. It's really quite bad. Hey, it's my fault for, for digging up email. So, I, by the way, we can, we're going to have the two things we have. People always want to have some letters to put after their names. OTM, for Order of the Mint, is a type of knighthood. Ooh, nice. The other one yes. is the KNR. Which is the no, uh, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable? KNR, okay. Yeah, so that's the regular knight who is a KNR. The OTM are these are the ones that we're developing out of this other program. Right. So the way this works is if you uh, support the show with a thousand dollars or more, and that could be over time through a No Agenda Night Layaway program, you become a Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable or a Dame, as it were. Um, of course, there's the special uh, things that happen from time to time, like the uh, challenge coins. And then uh, we have a whole page where you can choose different levels of support at Dvorak.org slash NA or at uh, ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. You can also find this link at our website, NoAgendaShow.com. Uh, we always appreciate the $5 a month donations. If you're on the $5 a month program, please go and check that it's still um, it, you're still in place because PayPal does sometimes kind of unsubscribe you for uh, reasons unknown. And let's not forget that we still have the official No Agenda Mothership boarding pass, a numbered board, boarding pass, 1,000 seats available for uh, when it comes to pick us up. Uh, John will be staying behind and waving, uh, waving at I'll us. I'll be fighting as, back the zombies. <laughs> John will be fighting the zombies as we waft off into the universe, into, uh, into a beautiful... Uh, a beautiful future, and we'll leave that him behind. Talk about fighting the zombies. The movie Zombieland, uh, this is an alert to the... Uh, we talked about this already. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, the guy, Woody Harrelson fights all, all the zombies. Does yeah. a very good job of it's, it. It's a good movie, and uh, I actually would like to send a heads up to the No Agenda Book Club. I read one book over the, uh, over the holiday week, and uh, you were amazed I had not uh, read this book yet, but it is by... Uh, uh, Adolus Huxley. Aldous Huxley. I call him Adolus. Okay, well, you Ald- call him Ald- Aldous Huxley. It's called A Brave New World. Uh, I can't it, believe you haven't read that book. Well, no. Well, it's, you look, I was deprived. It's the, the schooling system <laughs> I, I grew so. up in. You know, it's like, yeah, I grew up in the Netherlands. They don't want you reading this book. No, they don't. It's an excellent book. Um, I think it, it might even be on Project Gutenberg, although I had to buy it on uh, iBooks from Apple, so that means that it probably wasn't. It's actually on Apple. It's it's not well done. I think it was scanned, 
and uh, you know words are strung together, and sometimes there's a misspelling where an R is a TH or something. So no, that stinks. Yeah, it really does blow, especially because well, the book was cheap, two ninety nine, but still, uh, phenomenal book, very interesting. And I got a note here from uh, Niels von Kauk. He says, Adam, I was a bit behind listening to the shows. Uh, I was on holiday myself. Uh, but I heard you mentioning Brave New World by uh, Aldous Huxley. His brother was Julian Huxley, a little bit of trivia here, a member of the British Eugenics Society. And if you read this book, you'll understand why that's important. Furthermore, on October 21st, 1949, Huxley wrote to George Orwell, author, of course, of 1984, congratulating Orwell on, quote, how fine and how profoundly important the book is. In his letter to Orwell, he predicted, within the next generation... I believe that the world's leaders will discover that infant conditioning and narco-hypnosis are more effective as instruments of government than clubs and prisons, and that the lust for power can be just as completely satisfied by suggesting people into loving their servitude as by flogging them and kicking them into obedience. And I think we're uh, well on that path. You know, I think oh, yeah. this whole 1984... Well, we're doing, we have the dual-purpose society. We do both. Well, yeah, but I think the 1984 is just a distraction. You know, we're all looking at like, oh, we're going to be slaves. But meanwhile, we're all glued to Lilo. We're, we're looking at what Lindsay's doing and we're kind of loving it. And it's all nice. And, you know, we, yay, it's good. And we have our own version of Soma. If you don't know what Soma is, you'll have to read the book. But uh, I'd there's say. Also, uh, there's also a second book called Brave New World Revisited, which I've never read. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Is that also by Huxley or is that someone else who did that? Uh, I think it's, I don't know. I never read it. I just got a note about it. So one of our producers went through the trouble, uh, speaking of Soma, which is uh, the drug that is, uh... by the way, that whole Huxley thing, I kind of like it because everybody belongs to everybody and you can have sex with everybody whenever you want and everyone just says, okay, I'll have sex with you and uh, you just can't have babies. Yeah, yeah, Huxley was the... yeah, and then you take some of this sublimating so- with that one. Yeah, idea. you take some of this soma dope, and it's all good. I mean, you know, I, you have I, a brave new world party. Yeah, hey, <laughs> in the hot tub, maybe. Uh, oh, Bobby Eden's still in town. I got to invite her for a brave new world party. Uh, one of our producers went through the trouble of uh, collecting a number of great news stories regarding heroin in uh, Gitmo Nation. Uh, it's just amazing if you read. Uh, Let's see, uh, heroin use rising in Oak Park and River Forest, and those are, where's River Forest? Uh, Where is that, John? Uh, River Forest is not near Chicago, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, it was Chicago, right. Um, uh, In fact, Chicago is really rampant. The kids just puking on the streets because they're ODing right right in front of your nose. Uh, let's see. Middlesbrough dealer sold cocoa. Sure that they, the boys, the, the the Obama administration, they would do these people a favor, get them some good clean stuff, and look what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's too clean. A con man, a drug dealer who sold cocoa powder, claiming it was heroin, looked stunned as he was jailed for three years. <laughs> There's a great picture on this on this news article of him looking actually stunned. <laughs> Why? What, would they throw, what did he do wrong? Well, you can't just say you're selling the the H if you're not really selling it. You're blowing oh, the whole system. You really have to be selling it, then, huh? You're, Interesting. Yeah, you're blowing the whole system, man. That's not good. But the uh, here heroin dealt from senior homes. This is uh, apparently happening quite a lot. That uh, senior citizens are being forced into dealing heroin because, of course, they're afraid to uh, to call the sheriff and say, "Hey, I'm being forced into selling this shit." But we have yeah, uh, right. we have uh, uh, something from a PBS NewsHour 
a little clip here from Wisconsin, where uh, I mean, it's when it, when it's when it's happening in Wisconsin, man, you know, it's like you know, it's gotten pretty bad. So let's have a quick little listen. For those stations not taking a pledge break, the news hour continues now. <laughs> That's funny. While most of the country is hearing telephones ringing, here's some actual news. With a story from our project we call NewsHour Connect. That's where we showcase the best of public broadcasting from around the country. By the way, this is one of these government-sponsored uh, uh, bits, isn't it? NewsHour Connect. Isn't that what the, the government had made funds available to... Uh, I have no idea, but yeah, that I think sounds it is. about right. Yeah, it makes this is, sense. Yeah, they, I remember the story. We talked about it. PBS NewsHour Connect. This was going to be the, the short little bites that the government... Uh, oh, was, right. They wanted, yeah. They want, in fact, they've been doing way too many bites on the news hour. Yeah, but this is the Ministry of Truth now. Now the government is actually paying for it. So let's listen to what they have to say about their own business, because let me remind you, we are guarding the poppies in Afghanistan, so the heroin that comes in is cheap, pure, and awesome. Tonight, how one state is dealing with a surge in heroin-related crimes. Frederica Freiberg of Wisconsin Public Television reports. Come on, Frederica. Come on in, baby. If it can save one person's life, I guess that's my goal. Heroin is overlooked. People say it can't happen to them. And I believe I'm a person who always thought that. This Janesville mother does not want to be seen on camera. She does not want her son's name used. He was 18 when he fatally overdosed on heroin two years ago. Now, what's funny is they show a needle, you know, the typical needle with a spoon over a lighter. But this is not what's happening. This stuff is showing up cut in with Coke. It's being cut in with all kinds of other stuff. Kids are snorting it. It's called China White in street jargon. Um, And I I get a lot of information from my daughter about this stuff. And, you know, people are just chopping it up in the Coke. And and kids are snorting it. And then before you know it, you know, they they want the the good stuff. And it's, it's not needles anymore. That's like really, really advanced. After you're hooked, then maybe you go onto the needle. So this is a, a very tainted story at best. He had been college bound. How did you find out that's what he was doing the day he died? Stand I didn't know he was by. using heroin. I had no clue. I knew he had smoked pot. Hey, I had no clue. There it is. There it is. Yep. I think I saw that one, yeah. I, the, there's been a, two or three of these reports, yep. uh, and they always drop the pot thing in there, the pot bomb, yep. to make sure that, you know, your the public is, is, is thinking negatively about pot so they so California doesn't uh, – California, the obvious state to pass a uh, the marijuana initiative referendum, uh, they uh, – it's going to get defeated with this subtle propaganda. Very good. Good job. Good job. So, uh, you know, I used to, have, when I had a place down in, uh, in, uh, Bora Bora, down in, <laughs> in the, the, down lower off the hill in Albany, and next door for about, oh, for about six months, a heroin dealer moved in. <laughs> next door, it was your, your neighbor. Yeah, your next door neighbor. And he was, uh, but he was high end. And uh, one day, the one that really got me was that one day, people would come in really late at night in these expensive cars. And one day, somebody mistook my house for his house. And these, and these two, I swear to God, it was about two, about one thirty in the morning, these two ridiculously beautiful models 
knocked on the door, <laughs> and they were they just came in on some big some brand new SUV, and they they came to get their their heroin from this guy. <laughs> they knocked on your door. They knocked on my door, and I'm looking at him going. What? What the what? screw is going on with this? You and thought, told, yes, no, no. my prayers have been answered. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Bill lives next door. And uh, whatever his name was. I don't know. Well, what did they say? We're, we're here for... Uh, well, I think is, I can't remember. Is Dave here? Stunned, I think they re- realized that they'd gone to the wrong house. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we, we knocked on the wrong door. And then they went over to the other guy's house. <laughs> we're here to blow the, the, the heroin dealer? <laughs> and you sent them away, didn't you? <laughs> I think they scurried away once they saw me, but the uh, the but that was the type type of customers that this guy was dealing with, and and I found it like a you know, and then some he wasn't there very long or died, and I think he died actually. <laughs> Dropped dead. So let me play the story for you. So these two really hot models come up, and they come up to John's door, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're uh, we're here to." for the for the heroin and john's like hmm i don't have any heroin but uh hot pocket can i interest you in a hot pocket <laughs> would you like a hot pocket <laughs> so would you like uh, a hot po- say that again so uh, say it again anyway, that's the- funny would you like a hot pocket <laughs> hot pockets Oh. <laughs> anyway, the uh, that, but the guy, yeah, I think he died. He just dropped dead for using his own product. I don't know what happened, but whatever the case was, that was the end of that short uh, uh, thing. But it was amazing to me the people that would go in and out of that place because you could see him coming and going constantly. Yeah, was Porsches, all... Bentleys, high end yeah. cars. Sure, 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 sure. No, it's it's always your doctor or your dentist. It's 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 not the guy who you see on the street with the shopping cart. Yeah. No, it was astonishing. Yeah. You know, call in, call in. Hey, John. I was actually disturbed by this. John, John, would you just tell Eric to stop uploading porn and call me again? Okay. You're AMing on. It's like complete AM radio now. It's like horrible. It's like crazy. Eric, stop uploading porn. Yeah. Is this better? Yeah, like a million times better. Okay, well, here I am. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's a nice little uh, anecdote there. Yeah, I thought it was disturbing. <laughs> yeah, do you think? <laughs> and then when I guess you started gossiping with somebody that knew the whole story about this character, uh, and then he told me all the different kinds of customers he had, which were businessmen in Berkeley and restaurant owners, and I was just like aghast at how many people were strung out on heroin, and this was a while back. And this was a very 70s type of drug, but it's, uh, of course, we had a different war in the 70s when we had uh, good heroin coming in because we were shipping it in then. You know, one day people will figure this out. It may actually be in a history book one day. You may go, oh, wow, that's what we were doing in Afghanistan because we're losing the war. We know that. We're losing yeah, the anyway, war. I'm wondering what that meme is all about. I mean, why they got there. You know, did somebody send us a clip? I don't, uh, I do have it. Uh, Doggone it, I'm going to have to go dig it up to, to do this. But I saw, did I send you this? No, no nuts. Uh, I have. It's a good clip, but it's a clip that, I'll just say what it is. Somebody sent, us, sent me the clip of O'Reilly referring to us. What? Not us, uh, the two of us. There was a t- it was a discussion of the Democrat Party losing the, uh, the House, and O'Reilly says, well, it looks like we're going to lose the House, and then he kind of glossed it over like he wasn't. Oh, right, because, of course, uh, the, we know that Fox is really run by the Democrats. 
Right, and apparently O'Reilly is a Democrat, and who knew, who would think that? And but he uh, he just glossed over it, huh? Hmm. Uh, I'll dig that clip up, uh, and we can play it next week or next one. show. Yeah, that's a good one. I do have a. a, a, a I, I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying this is exactly what it proves. It, I mean, there's this this whole thing is a, Fox is something of a scam operation when it comes to their news coverage. I mean, they're not they're not. In fact, they have another clip from them. They're not really reporting any. Their reporting is terrible. They they leave things out. They don't do their job. There's no. There's obviously no postmortems on any of the news writing. It's unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. I have a clip that is um, Fox News on pat down. So Fox News is back on the story about the the, the, the over the weekend. This is a weekend show, uh, and they did they actually put together a really mediocre uh, kind of uh, reportage of the of the uh, those machines that take your picture and they supposedly won't you know save them, but they do. Uh, and then they so they had somebody who thought it was oh, fine to have your nude picture posted all over the place and then another person didn't like it and then they had a third person that they interviewed these are men on the street who made no sense at all there's a character in the uh, king of the hill show who is a babbling texan you can't understand the word he says <laughs> right that's this guy <laughs> and what is the story about exactly it's about the machines and whether they're going to keep the photos and whether we no, should have about the, the naked body scanners yeah, and it's, it's, it tends to push itself toward, you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. A new scandal involving full body scanners, just as the machines are set to appear at virtually every major airport in the country, a federal agency admitting it has stored thousands of controversial body scanning images. This, even though the TSA has insisted all the images cannot be saved or recorded. Uh-oh. Peter Ducey is in the New York City newsroom Uh-oh. with more. Hi there, Peter. Hey, Julie, that's right. 30 35,000 so-called naked pictures of people. How condescending is this? Whoa-oh, so-called naked, p- controversial pictures. Whoa-oh, Wait, whoa-oh. If you were, it's going to be, a, this is a long clip, and when you get to the end of it, it even gets weirder when she starts doing, ju- she does stand-up. Oh, great, oh, great. All right, let's listen, listen. Entering a Florida courthouse were saved, and that's problematic for several reasons, but mostly because the government said it wasn't possible for the machines to save everything or anything. Now, here are some of the images in question. You can decide for yourself if someone having a file with a picture of you looking like this makes you uncomfortable. Okay, hold on a Consumer- So they show a picture of, uh, it's a blob. <laughs> a blob? We, we know what these things do. They take a picture of you naked. It's a good, <laughs> and you, we've seen it, we've we photoshopped them, you, may, you, can be, you can reverse it out, you can do anything you want, it's a really good, and in this case, the Fox people are showing us a picture of a blob, literally. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, and that is a picture. That's yeah, one. I mean it's a it's a blob with little gobs of light. It's it's ridiculous what they show. Okay. as the, as though that is the image when it's bogus. That's not the image at all. It's it's, it's total BS. But anyway, onward. For protection groups like the Electronic Privacy Information Center, think who is that? The Electronic Privacy Information thing. I don't know. I've heard of EFF, but not these guys. Information Center think it's outrageous. Outrageous. These scanners take detailed naked images, and the TSA has stated that they will require all American air travelers, everyone flying through domestic airports in this country, to go through these body scanners. If these images are stored and compiled, that constitutes a federal peep show database. 
The TSA told us in a statement yesterday that when they install 450 similar machines made by a different manufacturer at airports nationwide, the memory feature will be disabled. The company who made the machine that recorded the images in question says the scanners have a save feature because 40% of their clients are private businesses who need records of who comes in and who comes out of their... Uh, Let me just jump in here. The actual tender that the government put out for these machines required storage capability. I'd like to remind you of that. It required storage capability. We had that on the show. There's shots for law. Yeah. Sorry? I'm saying there's a lot of lies. Yeah, it's just lies. It's prevention, and it's up to the person operating the machine, the U.S. Marshals Service, in the case of the pictures you saw earlier, to disable the memory. But still... What? Huh? The U.S. Marshals Service? What do they have to do with it? This whole report is really screwy. The pictures you saw earlier to disable the memory. But still, people are mixed about whether their safety is worth a possible invasion of privacy. I'd rather be uh, have my safety than worry about my body image. Who cares about body image? Safety's the way to go. Probably have privacy issues with that. I believe if you want to cover up certain things that you ought to be able to cover it up. And just for the fact that you walk into the airport, you ought not have to compromise all your rights to privacy just because that a guy or some bureaucrat sitting behind a bunch of Type things is the right thing to do. And by the way, Julie, U.S. law makes it clear that anyone that objects to being scanned can opt for a pat down instead. Back they already you. do pat downs, don't they? I mean, they I... do, but usually it's just if you have some kind of something that's setting off the machine, or if they have some kind of a reason. Yeah, like my huge slong is setting off the machine. To think that you need a pat down. This is if you don't want to go through the scanner for whatever reason, right. you can opt to have somebody pat you down instead. Okay, opt to be patted down. I opt not to be patted down, but although I don't want to see my buns on 3D black and white images either, so <laughs> sort of a toss-up. All right, Peter. <laughs> She's got one more line at the end. It's just even dumber. So, so, so what's it going to be? I'll leave you with that. Pit, pat down or no pat down. I'm going to take the pat down. I'm with you. I'm going yeah. to pat. I as long as it's a woman, same. and they always let wi- the exactly. women pat down They're women. Very, you know, and you can go into a private room as well if you don't want to feel as if you're being violated. I, I don't really care about the pat down. No, in no public, big deal. Because they just—it's very gentle. Yeah, some right. men enjoy it. I'm sure. Ah! Maybe not. Ah! Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what idiots! It's unbelievable. Was she hot though? Was she hot? She's kind of cute, but she's not. She's not. She's not weekday worthy yet. So she's not weekday hot. She's weekend hot. So when we flew to um, Bonaire, um, LAX, which is not my favorite airport, they closed off the uh, the line, so we were being forced. And by the way, there's five TSA guys hanging around the closed line doing nothing, and not even taking a coffee break. And so we were forced to go through the. Uh, Gitmo scanner line, and and both Mickey and I said, no, we don't want to. Uh, we want to go through uh, either the metal detector or pat down. And uh, they did. I have to say, they did open it up, but they, you know, with some sh- chagrin. But funnier was coming back. Uh, we fl- flew via Houston, and of course, you're, you're entering the United States, so you have to go through customs. And Houston customs, man, they have sixty-two uh, booths. It's wow. huge. Yeah, it's huge. And and they a lot of them were manned. It went pretty quickly. But then I went through first, of course, American passports zoop, go right through, and you know Mickey, uh, you know, yeah, you got to check on these aliens, man. You know, make sure. And so it took her a few minutes, and I'm standing on the other side of the booth, and this fat guy, and nothing against fat people, this is like really like you know, this guy was 300 pounds, and he had a huge, obviously yellow T-shirt, and he had all of these like 
gadgets on his arm that had blinking lead lights and little antennas, and it was just spooky. And he's like, yeah, move along, sir. I'm like, excuse me? I said, I'm just waiting for my, move along, you can't stand here. This is and, you know, and when you do that, it's really, it's really I, I get very, very um, irritated. And then, and I start to, what do you mean? Because when they scream at me, I, ha- I can't, that's the one thing that freaks them out is when you scream back. You know, like, move along. So what are you talking about? And he's like, there's a restricted area. You can't stand here. You have to go back, 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 back. Then who are you? I'm airport security. And I swear to God, the guy just had a yellow T-shirt that said airport security. And nothing else. No badge, no nothing. Just a yellow T-shirt that said airport security. And I, I'm, I'm, I can feel my adrenaline rushing right now. I, I get so, and, you know, I, I decided no, I shall. I have to be a good slave because you know we just wanted to get home. But man, it's like these people, and just because he has a bunch of gadgets with winky blinky lights and a yellow T-shirt, and it was just some private security firm. And I'm in America at that point. You know, I've passed through, and it's like you know, just yelling at me. It's just really, really, really gets my goat. And uh, it's just bad. I, there's no punchline to it other than I got really angry and and decided to be a good slave. I guess it's working. Why don't you hit the douchebag thing anyway, just to remind For that us. guy. Douchebag. He's a douchebag. Total douchebag. Hey, this is kind of interesting uh, from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Remember, I was talking about the uh, bait Jews that they were using. Um, they were, you know, they <laughs> the guys with. Uh, Yamakas, and uh, I guess the, they use some Orthodox bait Jews, and they uh, have little you know strings and braids and stuff. <laughs> bait Jews. Bait Jews. So apparently, the uh, the Dutch uh, internal intelligence operation. It's called the AIVD. I'm not quite sure how to translate it. Uh, they ran a radical Muslim website for about a year, trying to get people to post stuff. Honeypot. Honeypot, yeah. Total honeypot. And uh, that is now uh, leaked out. Now, how that information leaks out is always interesting. Uh, but they did say they, uh, they got 150 uh, members of the forum, and they've got all of their information. So if you posted anything on that, expect a knock on the door one of these days. Yeah. Uh, uh. But nothing better, nothing better than the, uh, the report that comes out of Gitmo Nation East. This is a great story, and there's some great video that goes with it, too. Not appropriate to play on the air, because if you don't see it, it's not really any good. Uh, so the cops uh, stop this guy, 70 years old, and for not wearing his seatbelt. And, uh, and so they're going to write him up, and the guy's like, well, you know, I've had a heart attack, and I need my heart medication. I don't feel very good right now, so, you know, you know I just I got to go. So the guys are writing him up for a ticket because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And the guy actually thinks like he's done. He didn't know that they were writing him up for a ticket. He thought, no, they're done, whatever. And so he drives off. And they pursue him at a high-speed chase, the high speed being exactly 40 miles an hour, which was the speed limit. The guy's driving in his Range Rover. And he's driving along the country road. And they got and so you have the in-car, in-car cop video. And the siren's wailing, and they're like, he's doing 40. <laughs> he's doing 40 miles an hour. I mean, he's doing 40. And uh, so the guy finally, like, pulls over, thinking that they actually were giving him an escort because, he, you know, he felt like another heart attack might be coming on. 
And these cops, they jump out of the car. One jumps on the hood. The other one comes over, smashes the guy's window with his baton. And, like, they rip him out of the car. The guy's 70 years old. They just talk to him. They're completely out of control over there. And luckily, another report uh, did come up now because people are outraged over this, that they've removed these uh, two officers from duty. But when you see the video, you can just see how out of control these cops are. Of course, it's not all cops. But, oh, my God, a 17-minute chase. The guy was doing 40. <laughs> and and, and when you see, it's just violent. It's so violent. It's just out of control. If you're, that if, is bad. It's, and if you're not a good little That's slave. like the idiots that, that, that busted some kid for the lemonade stand. Another. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it, because she didn't have uh, the, the necessary. Uh, Paperwork. Yeah, you didn't have, she didn't have the uh, permit. They're walking around a fair. Like busting kids with a lemonade stand. Go, you have to have a permit, you stupid slave kid. It's amazing. Yeah, well, this is just getting worse by the minute. Here's a classic. Here's a story for you. Uh, this showed up. Uh, apparently, uh, some people are, are are seriously proposing that because fluorides work so well. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me you're going to bring up the lithium again. No. No, they're, they've gone beyond that. They're thinking of actually putting uh, Ritalin in the water. <laughs> Where's this? Where's this supposed to be? Well, I'm just reading. It's a white paper that came out. There's a, there's a, it's a very long piece that's in the uh, uh, frontal cortex. It's actually in Wired Science, Wired.com. Oh, yeah, of course. And Wired says it's good, right? No, Wired doesn't say anything. This guy, this guy belabors it with his blog post, but he talks about it. It's a white paper somebody did, thinking it's a pretty good idea. Uh, it's called Enhancement Technology. You put these things in the water, and you can end up with, uh, including, uh, there's a couple of things they can put in, modaf- uh, modafinil, Ritalin, Adderall uh, in the water, and you can get memory improvement for the population. It's going to do them a lot of good. <laughs> And studies based on removing lead, which reduces cognitive ability from the water and pain, have estimated that a three-point IQ increase would lead to 25% reduction in the poverty rate. Excellent. <laughs> 25% fewer males in jail, 28% fewer high school dropouts if you start doping the water. Well, just have more people who can't get a job. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a ridiculous report. <laughs> just thinking, well, there you go. Oh, that can happen any minute. That's great. Oh, that's just awesome. So now lithium, forget that. That's nothing. You just put straight drugs in the water. Yeah, Adderall and Ritalin. Awesome. <laughs> um, there is, a, on the financial front, rumors running wild from Washington to Wall Street that the Obama administration is about to order government-controlled lenders Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to forgive a portion of the mortgage debt of millions of Americans who owe more than what their homes are worth. This is a bailout of epic proportion, John. And They're never going to do that. Well, they're talking about uh, this would be uh, Obama's August surprise, of course, you know, just in time for uh, for the elections. That's basically a bribe. Well, yeah, it is a bribe, of course. Yeah. This would be trillions of dollars, I think, potentially. Just an amazing amount of money. Hmm. Well, well, well I, you know, everyone's so quiet about this Fannie and Freddie thing because, of course, they are the so-called GSEs, the government-sponsored enterprises, and are we good for it or not we good? Well, obviously we are. But there's just trillions of dollars on the books. And if, if he would do that, I mean, that's an outrage. I mean, it's, it's besides the financial hit we take, it's just like, what? It's like, so now it's really true. You just go ahead and screw up. 
the government will bail you out. Yeah, well, they haven't done it yet. Well, the rumors are real. I mean, even the Wall Street Journal is writing about this. And uh, actually, the, the article I have is from Reuters, from James Pethokoukis. Hmm, I wonder. We got to call these guys out, man, these douchebags. He writes for everything. He writes for MSNBC, Fox, Fox Business, CNN, Nightly Business Report on PBS. The guy's everywhere. He's from the Medill School of Journalism. And he was a 2002 Jeopardy champion. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's on his bio. That's on his bio. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's just awesome. Okay, I think we should do uh, a little bit here. All uh, aboard! Train's Train's good, plane's bad. Got a couple of great little stories, good little ditties for you. Uh, First of all, I noticed uh, both at LAX and at Houston International, that is known as George Bush Airport, uh, the signage for Siemens trains. It's it's really, it, it catches your eye. These are uh, big plasma displays that are strategically placed. They're not fixed. They are on stands. And you walk by and you see this train from left to right on the screen, and it says the economy grows at 230 miles per hour. They are really plugging it big time. And it works because you catch it. You're in the the actual airport looking at a a promo for trains. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, China... Now, we're rumored uh, that the maglev trains in China within three years will hit 1,000 kilometers per hour, which is, uh, wow, that's like uh, 400 and, no, that's like over 500 miles per hour. 1,000 kilometers is more like 700 miles an hour. No, it's 1.8. So, yeah, you know, you're right, 1.6. It's fast, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's going to be some mess when it piles up. Yeah. Uh, Delaware study examines north-south passenger rail. Apparently, uh, there is a nationwide uh, study that has been commissioned under the um, stimulus bill. I'm looking at the... Uh, so they're, they're spending a million dollars to examine the feasibility of rail service from Newcastle County south to Dover, which I guess is a small little thing here. Um... Uh, where is the uh, part here? Oh, here it is. Uh, financed mostly by the federal government. Uh, it's all part of the, the stimulus uh, package. So that, uh, It literally says here there's a national call that everyone has to evaluate high-speed rail. That, that did, certainly didn't sell it to me that way. Uh, the best anti-train clip or news would have to be from what happened to, the, uh, to some f- unfortunate travelers in the Eurotunnel who went from uh, Folkestone, which is uh, where, the, uh, where the British side of the Eurotunnel originates, uh, over to France. And, uh, and they went right back because, uh, and that's Calais, where, uh, where the train ends up, because uh, apparently the crew forgot to let people out. So they, so they took them to France <laughs> and then took them back. Hey, wait! <laughs> they didn't unload a whole wagon full of cars. We didn't realize it wasn't empty, they say. And then our friend uh, John Stossel on uh, Fox Business, which of course nobody watches but us, uh, he had an interesting little uh, little ditty about how good trains will be, and maybe just listen to this clip for a second. And so they just let it decline. Yes, sir. Uh, my question is for I, Mr. Gizetti, uh I live in California, one of these proposed sites for, the, for a high-speed rail link, mm-hmm. and I'm curious what my incentive to take it is uh, when I can fly for probably, I would assume, less money for a shorter distance or for a shorter time. Mm. 
It sounds like one of your kids there asking the question, John. Someone making sense. That's a real smart question. Why pay more and take longer? Just comparing it to the Acela, which is very expensive and I, and and kind of not that great. No, okay. It's uh, Acela, and uh, the plans for the California project are going to be priced to market. So uh, <laughs> it's priced to market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the market in my pocket. What the market will will bring? Uh, yeah, some people sometimes the train trip, even if it's maybe a little slower, it might be the better trip door to door. It gets you center city to center city. There's certainly a lot more space to operate in, and it's a comfortable ride. If you give people all those amenities, uh, they'll choose to do it on their own. Yeah, just so you know, slave. Shut so up. So here's the deal. So. Uh, I'm coming up with some things to do with my daughter when she's in California, and so uh, I'm thinking the last day, well, let's take the train from Berkeley to Sacramento, which is about two blocks from the train museum in Sacramento. It'll be a nice little ride. Of course, you know, I'm sure she rolls her eyes when I suggest going to the train (laughs) museum. It's a boys' thing. But anyway, so it's 50 bucks round trip, which is about $100 for two people. To get there, it takes <clears throat> a little longer than it would take if I drove. And if I drove to Sacramento, this is 90 miles. If I drove to Sacramento, I would use probably a half a tank of gas round trip, uh, 180 miles. About a, yeah, about a half a tank of gas, which is about 25 bucks. So I would have spent 25 bucks. I would have had a car in Sacramento. I would have gotten there faster, and I would have saved uh, $75 on the train trip. And I'm thinking, uh, okay, so even if you have high-speed rail, the thing's going to stop here and there, even though it could be a non-stop to Sacramento. It's still going to get there. I still get there on the car just about within, you know, 15 minutes and I have a car. And, I, and it's not going to be $50 on the high-speed rail. It's going to cost more. They're not going to give you a better deal. It, this, this is the, Even on a short trip, it's impractical. I can predict it right now, John. I know why if, when you make that decision, whether you're going to drive in the car or whether you're going to take the train, do you know what the deciding factor is going to be? Hot Pockets! You can eat in the car. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, you're going to have Stop a Stop hot... it in and out burger no, the, tra- on the, the train is going to sell you Hot Pockets. Well, yeah, have, well, have that's right probably there. true. But, but anyway, uh, so the, I mean, it's just, there's no practical... I don't know, what, this is all bull crap. And for people who just started listening to the show, here's the thing. They want to set up high-speed rail because the Burlington Northern Corporation and... The, owned and by Warren Buffett. Owned by Warren Buffett. They don't want to spend their own dime putting in some new... Laying some new tracks so they can move freight faster. They're going to put it on the public dollar we're going to pay for the whole thing nobody's going to take the high-speed train and the freight guys the burlington orders say can we use the tracks since you guys aren't using them and they're just going to move all the freight on these tracks and that's going to be the end of it but there is a win there's a big win for 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 planes john and you as an aviator i love it when we've got a big win there's a new movie coming out and i've got the trailer i only need to play a little bit of it but when you hear it you'll be like yay go planes because we are Pulling ahead of the Hill and Knowlton cabal to shove trains down our throats. I'm Wolf Colson. We're working together today at train 1206. Is there a problem? I just don't like working at a damn daycare center. I don't like working at a retirement home, so. All right. 20th Century Fox presents Unstoppable. Out here, you get killed. Married? Sort of. It's a long story. How about you? You married? Got two beautiful daughters. Wait for it. Inspired by true events. What do we do when we get to a railroad crossing? 
We have an unmanned train rolling into a highly populated area with no air brakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a runaway train. <laughs> with the number 777, by the way. It's great. This thing with is... kids. But of course, you know, we've learned by now that if you really want to get someone to take something that's not good for them, you want to just point out all the bad things. So it's probably reverse psychology at work and doing a great job. Unstoppable. There used to be a TV series called Super Train, which I wish somebody would go dig up and post somewhere. Super Train. Yeah, Super Train. It was about. uh, It was like the love boat on a train. Really, Super Train. Here it is. And it was just from uh, 1979. Yeah. Nine episodes were made. Huh. Maybe Super Train clips. Okay. Should we listen to a bit of Super Train? Sure. Okay, here we go. Super Train. It had one season, nine episodes, and was canceled due to lack of popularity. <laughs> As the real train will be. Oh, this, is, this is an old clip. <laughs> cool. Disco. This is great. I love the pew, pew, pew. They should bring this back. This thing looks great. <laughs> this is the opening, I guess. I guess. Is there any dialogue? Just <laughs> shots of the train. <laughs> going this ice. thing looks futuristic, man. It's awesome. Wow. I got to put this in the No Agenda TV section. Hold on a second. That's awesome. Well, no, I'll put it in the planes, planes and trains. Wow. No, it's just a whole series of the train. <laughs> this thing looks great, though. It looks like a DeLorean. And it's going really fast. Oh, yeah, it screams. So. They got bowling alleys on this train and everything. Really? What do you say there's a remake? You know, we could probably get government money to remake it. That's good thinking. Yeah, if we the had a whole series, you know, while the getting's good. <laughs> Super Train okay. 2010. Let me just see what other things we have to wrap up here before we Oh, by the way, yeah, anyway. Go ahead. Well, I think I did I have one more clip, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. I don't see anything. Mm. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, uh from the Okay, United Nations panel. New taxes needed for a climate fund. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. They're, trying to, they're trying to get us to pay international taxes. We're yes. not taxed enough in, enough in this country. Now, I think, I think I have said on several occasions we will wind up paying carbon taxes, and we will wind up paying those to the bank. The bank will either be the IMF or the uh, World Bank or you know maybe even the Bank of International Settlements. Who knows? But we're going to wind up paying these taxes, carbon taxes, to a bank. It's not going to be you know to any organization. It's just going to be to a bank. You watch. This is going to happen. British economist Nicholas Stern told international climate negotiators Thursday, government regulation and public money also will be needed to create incentives for private investment in industries that emit fewer greenhouse gases. Carbon tax add-ons to international airfares, which of course is already happening, a levy on cross-border money movements, because of course money is really, you know, there's a lot of carbon in that. 
in, in those computers sending money back and forth. Oh, yeah. Those are ways being considered by a panel of experts, leading economists from the world to raise a staggering $100 billion a year to fight climate change. Desertification of Nebraska, not enough to convince climate change deniers, says our favorite fast company. So I guess Nebraska is desertifying. Well, that could happen. Yeah, but uh, that isn't enough. The tipping point that turns skeptics into believers seems nearly impossible to reach when it comes to climate change. Who wrote this one? Ariel (laughs) Schwartz. Hold on, hold on. Let me give you the... uh, Ariel Schwartz also has written, let's see, (laughs) Doe's $1 billion clean coal project mutates once again. BP wants to keep drilling. Iowa, the wind energy capital of the United States. Greenopia's green beer rankings. Power plant waste could clean up oil. From BP disaster, total shill, stink bug. Oh, interesting. Volkswagen Beetle powered by human waste makes debut. Hmm, I think I need to get me one of these. That's kind of cool. Yeah. What is that story? <laughs> now, how did we miss it? <laughs> Here it the is. Stink bug. Stink bug. It says stink bug. Electric cars seem downright inefficient compared to the bio bug. A Volkswagen Beetle rigged to run on biogas or methane gas generated from human waste during the sewage treatment process. I want me one of these, John. I want a poop beetle. That's that's great. What else has Ariel written? Ariel, fast company, man. No wonder they're still around. No wonder they hired people like Robert Scoble. It's clear. It's clear they're in the Ministry of Truth. Sends these money, these guys cash. <sighs> Home appliance. This is okay. Douchebag. So I guess there's a big stink uh, talking about stinks uh, over Michelle Obama going to Malaga on one of our Malaga. Air Force Malaga. Malaga. No, Marbella. Marbella. She was. She went to Marbella. Oh yeah, right. Uh, the monsters of Marbella. Oh, really? There's a stink over that. Yeah, because this jet costs one hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars to. To, taxi. to go over to taxi <laughs> and she's and she's staying at the ritz <laughs> in a i don't know like a two thousand dollar room and they oh, got it's more know, than that it's more than two thousand dollars if you get a nice room at the ritz and of and, course all of uh, her her posse and she's got a huge posse yeah and uh and there was just, since there was a stink about it they they claim that she's paying for it out of personal she's personally paying for the whole thing. oh yeah well they're multi-millionaires because they invested in the right funds. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, multimillionaires, the Obamas are. Strange how that happens, how a community organizer becomes a multimillionaire. It's amazing. Stanford researchers' analysis, colon, scientific expertise lacking amongst climate change doubters. This is uh, Professor Stephen Schneider. If the media, he says, if the media doesn't report that something is a way out option... Relative to the mainstream, then how is the average person going to know the relative credibility of what's being said? Huh? What? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what this guy Good did suggestion is- for the name of that, that Volkswagen, by the way, the Dung Beetle. <laughs> Good one. I like it. Yeah. The best, though, uh, there's, there's an Apple uh, dashboard widget. This is quite good. It's the NASA, I'm sure this will be available on the iPhone if it isn't already, the NASA Global Climate Change Vital Signs Widget. And uh, this widget, which uh, hovers above your desktop, shows you the Arctic sea ice, which has a little down arrow, down 38% since 1979. It shows you carbon monoxide with an I'm sorry, up arrow. What? what was this about the Arctic sheet? Yeah, I got I to show it's you. It's down 8%? 38%. 
Oh, 38%. Since 1979. You got to see this thing. This is, this is amazing. I, I, where did they get this data? I don't know. So there it's in your Skype. Uh, it, currently, 385 parts per million carbon dioxide. The sea level is up 36 millimeters. Latest measurement. Global ten- temperature up 1.3% Fahrenheit average since ni- 1895. And the ozone hole is 8.5 million square miles. This is great. This widget has it all right there on your desktop. You can see your demise right before your very eyes. Wow, this is great. It's a great widget from NASA. Thanks, guys. Ministry of Truth. Like the ozone hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want a dung beetle. Where, do you, can you, where can you gas that thing up? It's bull crap. <laughs> and uh, the International Panel on fishing, I guess, in Doha, has uh, thrown out the uh, proposal to stop uh, fishing for blue tuna, which, of course, is just about uh, extinct now because we, we need it in our sushi. Are you talking about bluefin? Yeah, bluefin. Bluefin tuna. Yeah, I, uh, they, have it. They, farm, they farm bluefin now, and it's delicious. Hmm. If you've never had bluefin sushi, you're missing out. It's, it's right, very but, tasty. But, but, it's, but they're dying off, aren't they? Isn't like- there, there's apparently Atlantic ones and Pacific ones, and then there's these farmed ones. Mm-hmm. And there's apparently some variation between the two. And I think it's the Atlantic, Atlantic ones that are dropping dead. Hmm. Uh, but the fact that they're, I'm telling you, if you get a shot at it. <laughs> it's great. Yum. It's great. <laughs> the thing, so there's one thing we didn't talk about, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Uh I, although the story has been emailed to me several times, and I think it's the sad thing is I don't have any video or audio of this valedictorian speech at um, uh, Koksaki Athens High School. Did you read about this? Yeah, I uh, I read the the speech. Uh, the problem is I have with these things is that I'm always wondering whether they're legit. Because um, I remember the time there supposedly there was you know you get once one of these things goes through the net and it's sometimes yeah, oh, so, okay well maybe that's why we haven't brought it up but if anyone has any audio of this this uh, Erica Goldson apparently valedictorian uh, in her commencement speech uh, she essentially said I'm a good slave <laughs> it's like I learned how to take tests good I didn't learn anything I'm just a slave to the system the system is broke. That's essentially yeah. uh, what she said, which it was great speech if that's what she said. I agree. I would like to have a video. And, and there's got to be video of it. There, there, sure. There's always there's video. That's why it's kind of weird that it hasn't, uh, hasn't cropped up yet. Then from the Milk in Baggies, um, got a note from one of our producers in Gitmo Nation Red in Russia. They've had milk in bags for years, apparently, as has uh, Gitmo Nation Great White North in, in Canada. Yeah, yeah, the Canadians uh, sent us some notes about this. But I don't know, you know, I've been up there, and uh, I mean, I go to Canada quite a bit, actually. And I don't, and I go to the store all the time because I always like to drink uh, something, uh, buttermilk, usually locally. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember seeing the milk in the bags up there. When is this new? Because I, I mean, I haven't been up there for a year, they, maybe. Well, they say it's been going on for years. I don't so. know. Anyway, maybe we're maybe what we're perceiving as in a bag is not what what's going on. So um, I want to wind up today's show with a post-show clip, which uh, was sent to me on YouTube, and it is uh, titled "You Are a Slave to the Government." I can't find where this is from, uh, who it is. Uh, it's it's clearly some drama dramatized piece. It's well shot. 
Uh, it doesn't look very new. Um, the posting of it is June 13th, 2008, but it's a beautiful little piece, which I want to play. After, John, I share with you the new poster for Yogi Bear the Movie. And I'm going to give you this link on Skype right now. And you tell me, <laughs> you tell me that, that this isn't the most, fr- is this Yogi Bear in 3D, which will be coming out? Um, By the way, somebody did send me the clip of the girl giving this speech. It's hard to hear her, but I, I think it's real. Okay. Well, send we'll it, send get it to, to me. Next we'll see, week. We'll see next if we, week. we can play it. So take a look at this Yogi Bear in 3D and tell me that isn't the pedo bear. <laughs> look at it. Look at him, man. It's it's the pedo bear. I swear to God. Someone took the pedo bear. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. And uh, and they made it into the Yogi Bear 3D. Possibility. Look at it. Yeah, I'm looking. So, does it look like the pedo bear or what? Well, now that you mention it, the Yogi Bear may have always always looked like the pedo bear. Well, this one's extremely uh, different. <laughs> it's kind of creepy, actually. It's frightening, is what it is. It's out of control. <laughs> and we are out of time. That's what we are. Are you doing twit today? And curiously, the bear is with a little bear. This uh, <laughs> curiously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be. I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I, anyway, no, I don't think I'm doing Twitter today because I don't have a camera here and it's oh. video. I want to. Can, can you? I want to be on Twit. Can people yeah, okay. please email Leo? Tell him I want to be on Twit. I want to promote the Big App Show. Isn't everybody on to promote something? And I'm good. I can do this. I'm a. I'm good. I'm a good guest. Right. I. I, yeah. will, I will bring audience. Look. You know, if you, if I'm still looking at this Yogi Bear thing that you brought up. It's disturbing. It's quite disturbing. <laughs> I, I think you might get pulled. <coughs> well, you can. I do- think if the meme goes out that this is Pedo Bear and he's with a little bear that's underage, the whole movie will be scrapped from the slate. <laughs> it could happen. I mean, I think we should push it. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, I am the patently unemployable former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from uh, Gitmo Nation's Pacific Northwest, uh, where it's raining, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. I'm here to talk to you about the problem of slavery. It didn't end in the 1860s. It's a social malady that's with us today, and it's increasing in its scope and virulence. The desire to enslave our fellow man is unfortunately intrinsic to the human character. It has been with us since the beginning of time on every continent and in virtually every culture, from ancient Egypt to Babylon to Greece and Rome, Africa, Asia, Europe, and the United States. Germany and Japan openly practiced widespread slavery only 50 years ago, and the Soviet Union until less than a decade ago, China even today. It's a disease of our human nature, and yet people are under the impression that it no longer exists. I say to you that in a subtle form, it exists in America today, and it's becoming less subtle and more manifest. Madison Avenue has just cleaned it up a little bit, dressed it up in new words. The slave master is now a big brother, someone to protect you, someone to confide in. But it's all the same. He owns your life. This may sound far-fetched, but I think I can prove it. 
When the IRS allows you a tax deduction, they and their congressional collaborators and the media call it a tax subsidy. In other words, they designate it as a gift to you, a subsidy. The only way they could conceive this terminology is by presupposing that they, i.e. the government, own all the money. Their view is that they're entitled to it all. That which they allow you to keep is their compassionate and generous gift to you. How can this be? You create the money by your efforts, your sacrifice, your creativity, your risk-taking. So how can it belong to them? It's very simple. They own you. They own everything you produce, your money, your house, your thoughts and ideas, your children. If you go to a foreign country to work, you still have to pay the U.S. income tax. You could dig a hole in the middle of Siberia and they'd be entitled to a cut of your wages because in their minds, under their law, they own you. They create arcane and esoteric laws to criminalize you. You may try, but you can't obey them. You can't even understand them without a lot of professional help. You have to run around slavishly collecting little pieces of paper, receipts, seven years of detailed financial records because you might be called on to give an account of yourself to the big boss man. And if you've made a mistake, he can take everything you have. He loves it that way. That's total power over you, slavery. I don't remember when we the people signed over ownership of ourselves. It just gradually happened by them taking more and more of our freedom. But here's the worst part. It's really only just begun. In this modern age, the information age, getting your money is not enough, even though money, don't let anyone deceive you, is the material source of your freedom. Now, however, they want your mind. If you deviate in your thinking, if you commit one of the 10,000 taboos and they perceive your actions as a threat, they'll come out and kill you. It was the thought police who killed the children at Waco and Ruby Ridge. Neither David Koresh nor Randy Weaver, whatever things might be said about them, had ever mugged anyone, robbed a 7-Eleven, or committed forcible rape or murder. But they did have unorthodox views, and therefore it was necessary to round them up and deal with them. Whatever their crimes were, they could have been arrested and tried openly in a court of law. But that was not the aim of certain factions in the government. These statists wanted a massive demonstration of force to show who was boss. The penalty for resisting is death. After all, we're not free. We belong to the government, and deviant thoughts will not be tolerated. In the aftermath of the horrible Oklahoma City bombing, government propagandists tried to intimidate the people into silence by recklessly linking criticism of the government to acts of murder. Some people ask, how can you fear your government and claim to love your country? Our response is, how can you love your country without fearing your government? Who else holds a counterfeit license to kill, incarcerate, and confiscate for non-crimes? Remember, America is about liberty first and last, not obedience to bureaucrats. The Washington power clique wants you to shut up, get in line, do what you're told to do, and most outrageously, think what you've been told to think. We have hundreds of politicians and thousands of lobbyists crawling all over Washington, thinking of ways to control you, to extend their will over you, to subvert your freedom and replace it with their will, to capture, that is, to steal, your life force. And so we should all be very angry, because anger is the engine that drives our will to resist. And without resistance, without awareness, they will take it all. That's not just politically perverse. It's a sin against mankind, because freedom is actually sacred. Drop an ant into a jar and seal the lid. It will spend the rest of its life trying to get out. It has nowhere to go, but it wants to be free. That is its nature. 
It's the way every living thing is made. Once, a long time ago, I saw something at the zoo, a wolf lying in its cage. I thought about how this magnificent animal was the end product of millions of years of evolutionary design. A nose that could detect the faintest scent, ultrasonic hearing, eyes that could see in the dark, teeth and jaws capable of crushing thick bone, heart and lungs that could run him for hours in a sub-zero blizzard. And yet there he was, lying forlorn and full of despair. He was well fed. He had a clean habitat and water and medical care. So what was the problem? He was sick with the knowledge that his wonderful powers would never be exercised again. And so he lay there, his head on his paws, staring blankly ahead at perhaps some imaginary forest that he could never reach because there were bars around him. They had not killed his body, but they were destroying his soul. God gave Adam and Eve freedom, even though he knew they would invite death into the world. That's how important freedom is in the divine scheme of things. And that's why we urge you to defend it always. You can take that to the bank.